Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Action Radio. This is Greg Penglis coming to you from the historic district of downtown Milton on the banks of the beautiful Blackwater River. And now let's get into Action Radio. And so we wander the great desert of Thursdays on Action Radio. This is uh, this is interesting. We're still kind of in the the depths of uh, of the the, the missing. Um, well, we we were in this panel for eighteen weeks. It was amazing. We had the, the, the world's greatest doctors panel, and after that, all of a sudden, this is like no reports on Thursdays. We had Diane Warner, but she's moved to Wednesdays uh, with our election integrity, which is now our election integrity medical freedom report, uh, because I found out yesterday that she has a whole bunch of expertise. I mean, I knew it already because she was contributing to our, our vaccine page and other uh, other pages. But uh, the vaccine group's private, by the way. But you, you, know, you can join it. Uh, you know, we have uh, we have folks dropping in. But I really screened for that one because. You know, I, I'm not going to uh, I'm not going to lose another group like we lost our our Dr. Zelenko Action Radio Coronavirus Clearinghouse, where we we were the one place, well not the one, but we were we were a great place that people could go for really accurate information. You know, and of course the government couldn't have accurate information; they wanted to have lies. And so, uh, you know, the, what they call lies is really truth, and what they call truth is really you know misinformation, propaganda, and lies. <laughs> so it was really interesting. So we lost that. But anyway, so there's a lot going on there. But uh, once the panel ended. You know, and the doctors, you know, I, I was amazed I had him for 18 weeks. I was planning on like two, maybe three. And so uh, to have, have these amazing people for that long was incredible. But in the wake, it's like nobody's, you know, no one's uh, joined the, the show to sort of, you know, increase our, our reporting. And I'm looking at folks, but, you know, it, it's amazing. Maybe because I look at it differently because I wanted, I've wanted to do this for about, I don't know, 40 years uh, that, um, that to me it's like, you know, whenever I got a chance to do radio, it's like, yeah, let's go. Uh, unless it was too far, it wasn't going to lead anywhere. There's no possibility of a job, or uh, you know, and it was, or it's just like you know, normal commercial radio where they tell you what to do and what to say, and they, they lock you into what's called the clock. And the clock is this uh, this um, strange, you know, artificial box where you get two minutes with a guest, and you know, then you have a commercial, and then you have uh, something you have to say, and then you do news, and then you do some weather and sports, and then you go back to another interview for two minutes. <laughs> it's, it's really crazy. Uh, some I don't know who came up with that formula. It doesn't work for me. It never did. You know, they, I guess what they call what I do, the long form, because most of my guests are on for an hour. Most of my reports are half an hour or an hour, depending on uh, the amount of subject material uh, and what we can cover. And it depends on the reporter, too. Some people can say a whole lot in a, in a short time. So half an hour is great. Uh, so it just depends. Anyway, a lot going on. So I went through a couple of different titles for this morning's show. But I ended up, uh, the GOP is reborn, the Virgin Islands, jab attacks, and drones. <laughs> so that ought to keep us busy. So the next three hours, I do have... Um, an interview in the second hour, one of my WEBY classics, and that's with Kenneth Weeks. And what's interesting about this is this is that's that interview that I told you about, where I literally had drones flying around the WEBY studios. So I got the, and you can hear it, you can hear it on the recording. It's hysterical. I just, uh, I just processed it, took out the ads, news breaks, and, and other stuff. I left in the station IDs and the phone numbers just because it's fun. I don't know. I, it's sort of my. Uh, my satirical petty side that says that, I'm, that this was a once great radio station and I want to kind of keep its memory alive uh, for what it was, not, a, not an internet sports relay station that has become, you know, with the new owners. And so, I mean, they made their choice and I'm making mine. <laughs> my choice is to, is to keep alive the memory of, uh, you know, my first real full-time radio job. Uh, and not only that, a great station that was independent that was able to broadcast things that uh, most other formula stations can't do because they've got 
a lot of management, a lot of program directors, operations managers, things like that. Uh, and they have their, their, their consultants and channels and forecasts and, and they do their, their market research and their ratings and, you know, and the bean counters. Everybody else that goes into radio. Radio is an amazingly uh, uncreative uh, arena. And you think of it one of the most creative simply because, you know, you got all these things at work. I mean, the hosts are good. But uh, the management uh, that uh, that sort of pervades radio. You look at the the big, uh, you know, the Clear Channels, the Cumulus, the the iHearts, the the, the Salem's. You know, uh, any, anyway, even Salem, which is, has conservative hosts, you know, still has their own uh, restrictions and the same clock and the same the same things. Uh, NPR is another one. You know, they've got to be government approved, um, and and they they so they take our tax dollars and then uh, you know give us back you know propaganda. It's a great deal for the government. It's not such a great deal for us. So there are very few stations in the country left that are regular broadcast stations that are actually independent, that are able to do and say what they want. You know, it's like Tom Petty's song, The Last DJ. There goes the last DJ, plays what he wants to play. Anyway, so yeah, same thing with talk shows. There, there are very few talk show hosts can do whatever they want. Now, I was watching Newsmax and One American News, and still trying to find a way to get a Fox News. I'm not, I'm not quite sure how to do that on my Roku yet, um, but, uh, which is too bad because I really like Tucker Carlson, but maybe I'll just get, you know, I'll do some YouTubing or something. Anyway, but the point is that uh, I think the word vaccine, vaccination, vaccine injury, the jab, you know, the, 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 you know what I'm calling vax attacks. You know, so if you, have a, if you have a vax attack, that means that the vaccine caused your attack. So I think we sort of need a, a new term here. So a vaccine heart attack is, is the, shortened to a vax attack. So, so, so Damar Hamlin, as far as I'm concerned, was vax attack. And, and Bill Fecky was pointing out, well, you're not the doctor. You haven't proven this. You know, you haven't. Uh, I'm not going to speak too much about it because Bill's not here to, uh, to defend himself. Well, he's probably listening, you know, bashing the dashboard of his car right now. Um, but, uh, but the point is that, you know, and I made this point that Jeff Childers did too, that it's really a moral imperative that we do talk about this, that we do you know, raise this as a likely possibility and, and, or probability uh, because we know that, uh, that vaccine injury uh, is huge and vaccine death is huge. Uh, Dr. Simone Gold, who is both an attorney and a medical doctor, an MD, uh, had a post yesterday that we've lost 1,100 athletes just in the last two years to heart attacks. Well, in the last two years, that's when the, the, the vaccine injury started, the COVID jab. You know, and in the 38 years before that, they also lost 1,100 athletes to heart attacks. But there's a difference between losing 1,100 over 38 years and losing 1,100 over two. If you don't think of that as cause and effect, you know, from the, from the time the jab came out uh, to two years later, if you lost the same amount of athletes as you did in the 38 years previously, well, that tells me that, we, that there's, a, there's a cause and effect here, all right? Uh, and do I know exactly what's going on in DeMar, you know, Hamlin's body, and does he have huge, massive blood clots? No. And they're not going to tell us. Because they can't tell us. It goes against the narrative. So they have to come up with anything else, you know, the, this heart in, injury theories, all kinds of stuff. But again, I, I found a video and I post a video and I've been looking for videos that show the whole scene. See, a lot of times they'll just show you, just show him standing up or they'll show the, end of the, the tackle. He stands up and he collapses from the heart attack. That doesn't give you the whole picture. What you don't see him is running you know, like, like a good defender should. I'm, I'm not sure what a safety is. I guess that's like a tackle person. Anyway, so he runs to this other player and grabs him uh, in a typical tackle, you know, and there's no hit. They just kind of collide in a, in a, in a, in a grab and takedown. It looks like a, you know, mixed martial arts. It's a typical tackle. Grab the person, bring him to the ground, stop the play. That, and you see it on every football game. You know, in almost every play, it ends in a tackle. Well, this, is, this is a normal event for football, right? So I'm watching this. 
And then he gets up and he has his heart attack, uh, which is tragic. I'm not trying to make light of this. I'm trying to say that the, the way that this is being uh, uh, handled is terrible. You know, and so that, you know, the, the first thing, because it's interesting that um, whenever the leftist media, you know, wants to uh, go after, uh, you know, a white Christian male, you know, anytime there's a, a school assassination or any kind of mass public shooting or anything that they want to demonize, you know, the, the first thing they do is, is, is talk about who did it. Well, this was a white male, a Christian, you know, Trump supporting MAGA, you know, whatever. And, and, and these same people came back saying, well, you can't speculate on what's happening with uh, DeMar Hamlin because we, we don't know, on, you know all, the, all the truth yet. Only his doctor knows. Well, his doctor is under the same pressure as all the other doctors. You know, the American Medical Association that says what you can and can't say. Dr. Fascist. I mean, the hospitals, you know, where he's, uh, uh, where he's probably, uh, you know, what, what is it called, resident or, or has hospital privileges or whatever it is. So if, he's, if he starts saying that, oh, yeah, well, I think it might have been the vaccine, he's not going to be able to work in, in that hospital again because that hospital is going to get pressured from the Center for Medical, Medicaid Service. Was it um, Medicaid, Medicaid, Medi-Cal, Medic, uh, there's Medicare, Medicare, there we go. It's too many, it's, I get confused, right? So the Center for Medicaid Services, the CMS, that hands out all the money, uh, for COVID, you know, some $130,000 from your first PCR test, you know, to the coroner. So you, I think it's about the going rate for dying of COVID. We're saying you're dying of COVID. You're going to die of COVID. You die of COVID, you know, usually generates about $130,000. Well, that's a lot of money over a million people. Was that $1.3 billion, you know, or more? <laughs> you know, I'm not sure. Uh, you know, my, my numbers may be a little, maybe it's $13 billion. Whatever it is, it's a lot of money. And so there's money in this. There's money in the jab. There's money in uh, the PCR test. There's money in remdesivir. There's money in ventilators. And there's money in uh, declaring a COVID death to the coroner. There's money all along the way. So your, your healthcare, you, so they have a, a government-imposed national healthcare system based on Medicare, you know, financial, you know, extortion um, of, of doctors all the way down the line. So you're not going to get the truth out of the, 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 you know, football player's doctor. He's not. Unless that doctor is one of those folks like Dr. Simone Gold and, uh, you know, Peter McCullough and, and uh, some of the other, uh, Judy Mikevitz. Well, she's not a medical doctor. She's a Ph.D. But you're not going to get the truth uh, unless you find someone that, that has no, uh, you know, no financial um, interest in making money from uh, the government. See, so you, you can't trust any, any, any hospital or doctor um, that has a direct uh, medical connection. And, and, then, and then this is surprise people from the AMA, the American Medical Association. This is we're going we're gonna to lose your, we're going to give away, or what is it? We're going to end your accreditation, you know, if you say anything other than what we tell you to say. Well, that's not medicine. That's extortion. So this is where we are. So, so to not mention um, the fact that, the, that this is a most likely, you know, a, a vax attack. That's what I'm start calling it. So it's not a heart attack. It's a vax attack. And you want to start using that word. The more you use words um, that are, uh, I guess, uh, direct and emotional and, you know, uh, change the debate, uh, the better off we're going to be. So it, uh, if you say vax attack, that's something that automatically relates in people's minds. It's a vaccine. It's, you know, it's like a heart attack. What well, is a heart attack? You know, it's caused by the vaccine. Okay. Uh, can I prove it in this case? No. But statistically, <laughs> you know, uh, informationally, all studies are showing that, uh, you know, vaccines make hearts bigger and makes it more dangerous and more prone to heart attack. So a person who uses their heart more, you know, a world-class professional athlete, uh, is much more likely to have a heart attack, you know, after, uh, after getting the jab, uh, which totally destroys, you know, their insides with spike genes and everything else. You know the story. So that's why we talk about it. And that's why we say, yep, yep, pretty sure, yep, that was a, that was a vax attack. That's the first thing. Second thing on my agenda. I've got a bunch of things on the agenda, so I don't know if I'll, I have all these articles, but I may not get to them. I may just talk because you know, I've read most of them. 
So I can just kind of ramble on here. Um, the GOP, and I'm, I'm going to do this, something I never thought I'd do. I'm going to give the, the GOP a round of applause. Let's get in the gong first. I haven't played this for a while. Right, so let's know what kind of we're announcing here. Uh, where's my crowd? Let's get the GOP, the 20 conservatives that are holding out, that aren't knuckled under to the deep state or the deep state media. Let's give them a round of applause. So this to me is fascinating. This is the best moment of the GOP. This is the GOP's shining moment. They're actually acting like a party. They're doing what they're supposed to do. They're debating. They're all together in the House. They're wrestling over an issue. You know, all those folks that want to see a Republican action, I don't see a democracy in action because we're not. But if you want to see what a republic looks like, what a vigorous debate looks like, this is what it looks like. This is fabulous. This is the best thing that's happened in this country since Trump was elected in 2016. I mean, this is incredible. I can't tell you how wonderful it is to watch this, uh, this debate. And, and uh, Kevin McDeepstate, as I call him, Kevin McDeepstate, the, uh, the absolute establishment, you know, lawyer, lobbyist, bought and paid for, the most corrupt person in the entire Congress today, uh, other than Nancy Pelosi. Uh, but she's, she's, you know, her speakership has ended. But uh, the worst possible person that could be Speaker of the House is Kevin McCarthy. Uh, there's nobody that comes close. There's nobody that's, that's more, you know, like I said, nobody trusts him. You know, what does it do? You know, and here's the thing, too. You know, you're wondering, well, if Mc- Kevin McCarthy's that bad, you know, why are all these people, why are all these Republicans supporting him? I'll say one reason only, uh, privilege, <laughs> you, know, uh, you know, seniority. They are supporting him solely because they want their committee chairs or their vice chairs or their rankings on the committee. This is all, about, see, the speaker wields a ridiculous power. The speaker determines which bills come to the floor. So if you vote against Kevin McCarthy and Kevin McCarthy becomes speaker, then Kevin McCarthy doesn't ever have to bring your bill to the floor. And that kind of stuff goes on all the time. So the negotiations, the backroom deals, you know, and of course, you know, Kevin McCarthy can promise anything he wants. And he'll say, oh, well, we'll just, uh, you know, I'll agree to that. I'll agree to rule changes. I'll, I'll, we'll do a real investigation of the FBI, KB. You know, we'll really look into Hunter Biden. And, and the, the FISA court will really look into Hillary Clinton, you know, and uh, her false uh, propaganda. We'll look into James Comey and the entire, you know, intelligence, you know, FBI, KGB, deep state. We'll, we'll look into that. And he can say that we'll look into that. Now, does that mean he'll ever let a bill come to the floor as a result of those hearings? No. <laughs> okay. So nobody trusts Kevin McDeep State, who actually wants to make the country great again. And that's where we stand. That's, that's what makes this such, such a fascinating process. Uh, and I'm watching it. Looks like I've got uh, oh, Calman's back on the line. Okay, good. So um, let me just uh, let me just see if I. You know, so hang on, Cal. I will get to you. In fact, I forgot to put my. Uh, um, he's probably calling me because I forgot to put my my um, my live chat up. So you know, it's uh, Thursday. I've been actually I was doing a lot of work before the before the show processing stuff. So let me put my uh, live chat up. And so do that in case you want to type in Cal, my biggest you know chat person there. So. That's not working, um, but uh, I want a couple. Let me see if I have a couple more things to do here. Anyway, this is fabulous. It is absolutely fabulous that the the the, the GOP, the twenty, and here's the, here's the real key. You know, the, there's two things I've said on the show consistently since 2020. One is that if the, if the GOP doesn't fix 2020, there's not going to be another election. It's going to be stolen. And of course, in 2022, uh, except for you know four seats in the House. You know, the, the Senate and the House and the, 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 uh, the occupant of the White House would, would be Democrats, okay? And so they didn't fix it. You know, the establishment didn't fix it. 
They didn't do anything. They, they've never honored the Arizona audit. They've never, you know, looked into the Giuliani, Jenna Ellis uh, hearings. They've never been through the, the massive affidavits. They've never supported the, the, the huge amount of court cases, especially the Texas one before the Supreme Court. They've never done anything, you know, to uh, win their own elections. They don't care. They're a deep state. You know, as long as they get their money and privilege, the Republican Party is basically a fundraising organization. Their sole purpose is to raise money and, and, and keep them like the NRA. Okay? The NRA used to advocate for, for the Second Amendment, but they've never used it in a court case, as far as I know. Uh, and they talk about it, but they don't actually bring it because, well, we don't want to have the Supreme Court rule against the Second Amendment. Well, they can't legally <laughs> because the Second Amendment is in the Constitution. And the Supreme Court, apparently, uh, people don't know it, but the Supreme Court is actually under the Constitution. All right, so that's the first thing. And so this, this incredible um, thing is that's happening now uh, where, where you've only got four members of the House that have uh, you know, made this a majority. That's not a big majority. You know, that means that almost half of, of the House are Democrats, slightly more than half are Republicans. I'm actually surprised the Democrats didn't overturn more, more seats with vote fraud and steal the House again. I'm not sure why they let that go, unless they were convinced that Kevin State would be the speaker, in which case they'd uh, you know, run the House as well. So I'm not sure why that happened, because I think that was a, you know, on their part, if I hate, I hate to say this, but I think they goofed. <laughs> I think they should have, if, if I were a Democrat, I would have urged for, for stealing you know, five more seats and keep the majority in the House and keep Nancy Pelosi a speaker, if I were a Democrat and a communist and a Marxist, and I hated this country. That's what I'd recommend. So I'm kind of surprised they didn't do it. All right, um, that's about it. I'm going to hold off my, my football chat for a bit. Let's get to uh, Cal. Let's see what's on his mind this morning. And uh, his line's about to be live. There we go. So sorry, Cal, I should have done live chat earlier, but uh, we got you live, so that's okay. So comments so far, what do you think? Uh, you're good. Like, I've been watching <laughs> this house, house proposal, like, for a speaker the uh-huh. past, like, week, real intensively. And I actually was pushing for Jim Gordon, like myself. I was sitting there like Jim Gordon, or Jim, Jim Jordan. Jim Jordan. That, that. Yep. Um, and I was pushing for him because this, this house is going to appoint nothing but investigative committee into mm-hmm. all the policies of the past four years, just about. Then they need a person that's a man of integrity, okay? a man that's actually going to appoint people that are going to find resolution to um, committee investigation. Jim Jordan would have been it. Great guy. But yeah, I'll down. tell you. Well, no, I'll tell you that's the thing about Jim Jordan. He is a great guy. And uh, he made the point, and I, I agree with him, that as speaker, he would be nowhere near effective in these investigations uh, you know, as he would be as, as chair of the Judiciary uh, Committee. And so, or the oversight committee. Now, is, like he, is he quite qualified? I don't know if he has reconciliation on like both sides of qualified, the aisle, you know. Qualified to do speaker, what? speaker, you have to be able to talk to both sides. So, well, not necessarily. Nancy Pelosi never talked to Republicans. Nancy Pelosi never let Republicans bring a bill to the floor or even an amendment to the floor. The Republicans did not exist you know, in the House. That's because George Soros paid for their whole Democratic campaign. So, well, yeah, but that's yeah, but let's get back to the issue of, of, of the Republicans. Let me tell you about Jim Jordan. What is so good about him is he does ask the questions. He's like Matt Gates. So between Jim and Matt and Devin Nunez, which are you know, I would have actually had Devin Nunez as speaker. That would have been my choice um, to bring him back. Okay. Um, be, because he's fabulous, and you don't have to be in, in Congress to be speaker. See, the speaker is an administrative position, 
And it's like, you know, it's like airline pilots. You know, do you want to become a supervisor and sit on the ground? No, I'd rather have the lower position and keep my flying job. Or anybody else that's an operational person, military people. You know, well, I, I think speakers more like the air traffic controller, like in the tower. They determine uh-huh. who's taking off, who's landing. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, but the pilots are still well, – we'll talk about that later. That's, that's another side argument. The point yeah, is that Jim Jordan would be happier and better and more effective as chair of the Judiciary Committee than he would be a speaker. See, the speaker is, like I say, is primarily an administrative position. But the speaker has huge power to determine which bills come to the floor and everything else. Now, the best thing we can do for Congress is to outlaw party membership while they're serving in Congress. See, the problem is that when one party is the majority, the other party is non-existent. So all those members of the other party are not able to represent their districts because they have no voice, at least in the Democrats. It's a little better with Republicans because they're weenies, but uh, they need to act more like Democrats so the Democrats you know, don't do it you know, forever. It's like you, you, you know, punch the bully in the nose and they stop being a bully. Well, the Republicans never done that. They just you know, they keep knuckling under to, to being surrendering you know, weenies and handing over the lunch money. You know, like uh, kids, you know, on the way to school. Um, so that's, yeah. that's, that's the problem with the Republicans. That's why I've called them the gelding old party. This is the most encouraging thing I've seen. Now, here's what's, what's critical. When I talked about the vote fraud earlier, the idea that there's only four seats in the House, you know, the separating the, the Republicans from the Democrats in terms of, of who's in control. That's not a lot. So, but the way the rules are, because they're the majority party, the Republicans get to determine all committee chairs, all the bills that come to the floor, all the amendments that come to the floor, they get to determine pretty much everything, and they, get, they have sole control of impeachment. See, when you have a majority Over party, that majority years. party has impeachment. Over the control. past 20 years, the consolidation of power has, has mm-hmm. been consolidated to the Speaker of the House. You know, what I'm advocating wrong. for is changing the rules, changing okay. the rules and allowing an alleviation of power out of one specific position. That's what I advocate, although I'm not a representative, but you know, I think that what would if be the speaker, for democratic progress. Yeah, what if the speaker makes up their own rules? See, the problem with Kevin McCarthy is Kevin McCarthy can promise anything now. Oh, I'll, I'll have a, a no-confidence vote. Oh, I'll, I'll bring, you know, we'll have these major investigations. And he, he can violate it. He can say, well, you know what? Circumstances have changed. You know, for the good of the country, we have to, uh, uh, we have to, uh, we, we've investigated enough. You know, it's, it's causing all this disruption. And, you know, and then he goes to his lobbyists and his bankers and all his donors, and uh, they tell him what to do. And then they squash all these or quash all these investigations. So there's nothing holding a speaker to their promises. And this is the other reason that people don't want Kim McCarthy, because he's a weasel. He's corrupt. He's as deep as the deep state gets. You couldn't have a worse person than Kevin McCarthy. In fact, I've been saying, like I said, I started this off with the two things I've said. One is if the gelding old party doesn't fix the 2020 election, there won't be any more elections. They'll, they'll be stolen. And that's exactly what happened in 2022. Almost stole the House. And like I say, I, I think the Democrats screwed up there. They didn't quite steal uh, as many as they intended to. So they, so they lost the House. The second thing I said is if it's Kevin really McCarthy is speaker. Maricopa County with Terry Lake. Yeah, we'll get to that in a minute. That's, really that's a good point. Though. Yeah, let me we'll, we'll talk about that, too. This is a good hour to do that, too. So, uh, so hang on. But the second thing I said, after the fact that you know, the Republicans, if they don't fix 2020, there are no, there are no more elections. They're just stealings. The thing I said was, if Kevin McCarthy becomes Speaker of the House, there's no Republican Party, there's no, you know, there's no America Great Again, there's nothing. You know, it will be as bad as Paul Ryan, and the Republicans might as well be Democrats. I said, nothing will happen if Kevin McCarthy you know, runs the House uh, like when Paul Ryan was running the House. And, and the, the, enough Republicans have said, you know what? And here's what's ironic. The fact that there's such a slim majority gives those members so much more power. 
if the GOP had a 50-seat majority, you know, McCarthy would be uh, already Speaker. You know, I mean, he already moved his furniture into the into the White House, into the into the, the Speaker's office, which is kind of funny, actually, a little presumptive on his part. Uh, but let's 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 deal with this, and let's kind of then we can talk about Kerry Lake. But um, Kevin McCarthy, uh, are you with the 20 that are holding out? In fact, the 10 are there's 10 that won't vote for him. So he's not going to be speaker. He is not going so to be speaker one, of the House. One big thing that upset me is uh-huh. when it came to uh, Ken McCarthy, he, had, he got nominated for Speaker of the House in 2018 by Liz Cheney. I believe that was. That tells you everything right there. Yeah, that's funny. So coming into 2022, and, you know, the House GOP is taking the House. Nothing's changing. The swamp is well. No. Uh, see, this is the deep state always has their person. The same thing. There's going to yeah, be appropriation the, for budgets for Ukraine, a prolonged mm-hmm. existence of the war, no reconciliation for peace, merely antagonization. Well, the war is totally, totally artificial. The, you know, we funded, we created that war. We being the government, not we being you and me. But uh, the Brandon insurrection, the deep state created that. The permanent war class created that war, you know, because uh, Brandon surrendered in Afghanistan and they have to be at war somewhere. You know, they got to put their money somewhere to make their, their billions off death. You know, and so that's why we're in a... You know, the, ambassador to, uh, the ambassador to Ukraine back in uh, 2014, right before the Maidan Revolution, was Victoria Newland. Uh-huh. And Biden comes into office, 2020. She is now designated as EU ambassador, I believe. So she got promoted and gets more power. And just so happens, the war has grown even bigger now. Mm-hmm. My, well, she's, she's, she's deep state, too. And who's the, whatever happened to Vindeman, Colonel Vindeman, you know, from the Ukraine, who was one of our... Uh, yeah, but I, I'm not going to go into that. That's touchy stuff. I'm not going to go into that. So Why not? Just, now I'm curious. What do you mean you're not going to go into it? You, you call a show where we talk about stuff. everything, and you tell me you're not going to go into it? Oh, come on. I can't go into it, man. What? It's touchy okay. stuff. Well, well look, uh, of all the things I say on this show, about, you, right? you, uh, there's nothing I don't talk about, really. I mean, uh, except people's personal lives. <laughs> you know, but everything, everything else is fair game. You know, and, and, uh, but are you we talk about everything on the show. I mean, I just talked – I basically declared you – know, I mean, I've, I've been calling – you know. Fauci, Dr. Fascist, for, for two years now. You know, uh, where, where do I go from there? <laughs> what, what, what haven't I talked okay, about? Okay, fine, fine, fine. I'll explain that. <laughs> Victoria Newland was ambassador to Ukraine in uh, 2014, prior to um, the overthrow in the Maidan revolutions in Ukraine of the Russian proxy guy. I forget his name, but we put in Petro Poroshenko in as mm-hmm. our proxy. Anyway, right. there was telephone uh, cables that were recorded by the Russians of Victoria Newland saying, dirty personnel up on top of houses, shoot both sides. Okay? Shoot both sides. Okay? Hmm. And could have been hearsay. Either way, Russian, Russian disinformation, a lot of stuff. But at the same time, it came out, you know, it wasn't covered by Western media, etc. But you saw the overthrow of the Russian proxy and the installment of the American proxy, Petro Poroshenko at that time. And mm-hmm. the acknowledgement of um, Sadova as the main military force in Ukraine, which Sadova had very strong Nazi ties. Yeah, I'm not talking about that. But um, <laughs> that was Victoria Newland doing if everything is actually true. Mm-hmm. So she got promoted 
the EU ambassador because of the covert operation that Barack Obama did back in 2014. Yes. So that's what happened in Ukraine. You know, what, what you call it the Maiden Revolution? How do you spell that? Because um, your line's just a little bit fuzzy. Maiden? How do you spell M-A-I-D-A-N, that? M-A-I-D-A-N, the Maiden Revolution. I'll have to look that up. Okay. Yeah, that's yeah we need to get I you a, need to get you a clearer uh, phone line if we can or something, you know, or you know, if you can, yeah, if you can, uh, I don't know, different cell tower, <laughs> call back. You know, whatever, but uh, or, or microphone or something like that. But yeah, because you still no, have to but that's better. I just don't want to miss it. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's um, let's get back. You mentioned something else too, and we got uh, this is kind of fun. <laughs> this is what I like chatting with you. Uh, so you mentioned Carrie Lake before, and so what? Um, yeah. What was that about? Or what's your feeling? Now on that? I don't know who the judge that is appointed to over oversee the uh, election problems that are. That, are, that have occurred in Maricopa County in Arizona, mm-hmm. but Carrie Lake's appeal to all of it and trying to get an accurate recount mm-hmm. is very legit. There's just two election cycles in Maricopa County has had problems, you know, with the tally votes. Come on, I could look at the sheet and go, Trump. Okay, so we know there's vote so fraud. We know we know Biden. that Katie Hobbs did not win. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I saw Katie Hobbs laughing when she tried to take the oath of office for governor. So she's she's you know incredibly incompetent. She just follows along with the deep state tells her, you know. And so she certified her own fraudulent election. That that alone is grounds for the, for impeachment and imprisonment, as far as I'm concerned. So this whole thing's a total fraud. So we know so we know that uh, Carrie Lake won the election. So it's probably gonna, I think it's trying to go to the Arizona Supreme Court, uh, which would be good. And let's see what they say. But the other possibility, and this is what I think is, is interesting, is, you know, I don't know, I came up with it or I heard it somewhere, I can't really tell, uh, but Carrie Lake for vice presidential running mate to uh, Donald Trump. How would that sound to you? I still think, uh, I think it was like two months ago I said to you that uh, Ron DeSantis and Tulsi Gabbard, I'm still going to stick on that ticket. Okay, that's that interesting. such a strong ticket. It yeah, would be ridiculous mm-hmm. not to consider it. Well, I would I would consider it. I just wouldn't consider it for 2024. I want it for 2020. You know, they're both young. You know, they could they could definitely uh, do that at that point. Um, but I think uh, a Trump, of course, if Carrie Lake is, is VP, she might want to be president. You know, after Trump. So the, who knows? It's going to be interesting to see. Again, I'm not driven by personalities. I'm driven much more by by legislation. And so so for for my interest at Action Radio, who is going to pass the bills that that we the people write? You know, and I say we the people. You know, and people are like, well, gee, Greg, you're not the whole people. I said, well, you know what? You know, the Marxists are already represented in government. They don't need any more help. They've already got the government writing bills for them. So, so uh, you know, the mega itself. folks, the regular Americans, you know, that's – Well, here's the question. Well, let's, let's talk about Brandon. So yesterday, yeah. Bill Fecky came up with something that I hadn't heard about. I've been doing a little investigating. And this is this whole thing about what's going on in the Virgin Islands. And we talked about this on the show. And I looked at Brandon's schedule, and it's a total blackout. So we, it says when he left, uh, and then there's like an eight-day gap, and then it says when he came back. But there's nothing there. There's no public events. You know, we know he went down to St. Croix, or at least we think he did. I mean, who knows where he was, right? Uh, there's, but there's, no, there's not a single – there wasn't a press conference. There wasn't a single press event. There wasn't a single reporter that has asked any questions about this. It's like he went there, signed a $1.7 trillion illegal bill, you know, because it's a complete violation uh, of everything. You know, there was no appropriations. There was no nothing. You know, the budget process is totally screwed up. Uh, it comes back, and no one's even questioned it. 
And then, and then this attorney general, the attorney general of the, the Virgin Islands gets fired. Well, isn't that interesting? You know, it's just like Ukraine. <laughs> you know, so when he was vice president, he goes to Ukraine, and the, the attorney general is investigating his kid for obvious corruption and, uh, you know, uh, probably uh, money laundering and who knows what else he was doing, drug dealing, whatever. Uh, and then the attorney general gets fired for investigating. Well, what was this attorney general investigating? You know, what was going on in the Virgin Islands that Brandon had to fly down at Christmas when the rest of the country is suffering one of the worst storms in 50 years? You know, he's sitting on the beach in St. Croix. You know, I don't even know if the runway's big enough for Air Force One. I mean, how did he get there? <laughs> Does he fly a private jet? He stayed at some billionaire's house and nobody's talking? What's going you on? You know, the other, day, the other day I was reading an article about why that Virgin Island uh, attorney general got fired, right? Because she okay. sued J.P. Morgan Chase for damages of Jeffrey Jeffrey Epstein's estate, that type of stuff, okay? Mm-hmm. Well, when you sue that, you have the idea of discovery in court cases, mm. okay? But a lot of that stuff you don't want discovered, okay? If, right. You know, you know what I mean. Okay. You don't want do. that stuff discovered. Well, mm-hmm. I mean, I would love it discovered, but at the same time, they don't want it discovered, okay? Mm-hmm. So um, she got fired by her, what, governor of the Virgin Islands, et cetera, because she well, sued J.P. Morgan Chase, because well, probably of strong-arming, et cetera. Yeah, but why did Brandon have to What's go that? He could have He could have called the governor in with the phone call and said, hey, governor, fire your attorney general. He didn't have to go there personally. Why did he go there personally? He might have. We don't know. Uh, mm. J.P. Morgan Chase is a great white whale in the United States when it comes to financial institutions. So. Well, it's funny you should I mean, say because I just, I just happen to have an article right here. No, you're right. It's a national file. Uh, it's from January 2nd, so three days ago, U.S. Virgin Islands Attorney General sacked after a lawsuit filed against J.P. Morgan Chase in Epstein-Maxwell sex trafficking ring. It's by Addison Basurto, B-A-S-U-R-T-O, January 2nd, International News Division of National File. And it says, U.S. Attorney General Denise George was terminated. Oh, see, they're sexist too, right? Uh, I wonder if they're racist as well. I'm just, I'm just teasing. Don't mind me. Attorney General Denise George was terminated on Saturday by Governor Albert Bryan after she filed a lawsuit against J.P. Morgan on Tuesday, which asserted several counts of facilitation of human trafficking in Jeffrey Epstein's sex trafficking networks. This is exactly what you're talking about. Governor Bryan made a statement about the development on Monday. I relieved Denise George of her duties as Attorney General this weekend. Well, let's find out why. It says, I thank her for her service to the people of the territory. Okay, fine. So why do you do it? Then, you know, then the question is, and then, uh, and then his answer is, I'm not at liberty to discuss details on personnel matters. Well, this isn't a personnel matter. If she's got a public lawsuit against J.P. Morgan, this isn't a personnel matter, and it's not personal yep. either. This is public information. Do you remember the Panama that? Papers? Do you remember the mm, Panama Papers? Uh, this yeah, was, I, do, I think, uh, 2015, 2016, et cetera. Um, the Panama me. Papers was a leak of uh, shell corporations. Thousands of shell corporations that were money launderers, essentially, and it got leaked. Okay, the mm-hmm. gal that was doing the investigation into it, I think she was killed. Now I could do the research, and I'm pretty sure she was, but she was killed because she was doing the research into all the shell corporations, which could lead a certain way. And I'm not saying anything, but the same well, thing I will. said about Jake and Morgan's face. <laughs> You know, yeah. Um, yeah. it's a great white okay. whale. You start, you start prying open the doors through um, judicial uh, discovery and prying for financial documents, et cetera. Mm-hmm. You're going to stir up, stir the pot pretty hard. I mean, well, that's the whole idea. That's, Jeffrey Epstein, that the of, he did everything that he did. Oversight? Yeah. Jeffrey Epstein did what he did 
but yet we know nobody that was accused except the one prince in the UK or whatever his name is. Uh, I don't even know. He's irrelevant. Prince Andrew. But that's the only one we know. But yet there's there's probably a thousand. And he's British. You notice that they haven't disclosed any Americans. And this is funny. All right, let's let's so so let's go Pentagon Papers. Hang on, let me might look this up. So Pentagon Panama Papers, not Pentagon. Panama Papers. Panama Papers. Yeah, Panama. Yeah, that was something yeah. different. Panama. Panama. All right, and so we don't know. Uh, so in, in papers investigate. Let me just do this real quickly while I'm on the subject. This would be kind of fun. So Panama. P A N Okay. Investigator killed. So it comes up. Me personally, I think the Panama Papers were released to do a hit job on Putin, um, like a financial hit job, um, and create criticism of his financial situation, especially when it came to uh, Nelvani, which was um, the opposition party in Russia to be able to empower him more, like, oh, he's stealing from the government, blah, 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 and be able to overthrow the Russian government. Well, not overthrow, but, I mean, the KGB and the Politburo and everything essentially runs Russia. Mm-hmm. Putin yeah. is is essentially the Russian guy. But, um, oh, shoot, what's his name? Not Dmitry Medvedev, but um, uh, Sergei Lavrov. He's, right. I believe, the representative to uh, the UN. He's the guy in charge. Putin is Uh-oh. essentially just... The brains, well, not the brains, but he's the face behind it. While the brainchild is Sergei Lavrov. So okay. um, it was a hit job on Putin. Which was? The Panama what Papers. What was hit on Putin? Oh, the Panama Papers? All right, if well, you do the research, you're going to see more information here. on Putin than anything else. Because Western Whitewash, in my opinion. Interesting. Well, we're going to find out why in a minute. But here's, here's what I found. New York Post, one of my favorite sources. Um, and it says, my paper's journal killed by car bomb. This is by Yaron Steinbuch, S-T-E-I-N-B-U-C-H, October 16, 2017. Uh, Daphne Caruana Galizia, a Maltese journalist who led the Panama Papers investigation into corruption on a tiny island nation in the Mediterranean, was killed by a car bomb on Monday. She wonder how that happened, right? Prime Minister Joseph, Joseph Muscat, whom Kana, you know, the reporter, targeted in her, long, uh, in her blog running commentary, uh, condemned the killing as a barbaric act. Oh, no, I think I'm Prime Minister Joseph Muscat. Yeah, so it's condemned. All right, sorry, there we go. Then he says, what happened today is unacceptable. Okay, let's get the details. Carona Galizia, 53 years old, had just driven away from her home in, in Mosta, near the capital, Valletta, when the bomb obliterated her Peugeot 108 and sent her body flying over a wall and into a field. This is one big bomb. No one has come forward to claim responsibility. See, terrorists always tell you if they did it, because they want credit. So the Muscat described uh, Kalina, okay, all right. But, uh, oh, it's got one-man WikiLeaks. So this is, this is the, uh, the, the, I guess, the, the president of, of uh, Malta described her, one-woman WikiLeaks. Uh, and one of my harshest critics on the personal and uh, political level. Interesting. He said, but nobody can justify this barbaric act. Okay, there we go. A local TV station reported that journalists had filed a police complaint this month about threats she had received. Well, obviously, they didn't act on that. And her final entry on her blog posted about an hour before she was killed, uh, Galicia reiterated an uh, uh, allegation that Muscat's chief of staff, Keith 
Shembri was a crook who used his government influence to push himself. This sounds like right out of uh, Seth Rich and the Democrat Party and uh, Hillary Clinton. You know? Yep. So this is this is the same kind of That's thing. That's what okay. I was thinking too. I couldn't remember his name. I was about to sign in like Seth Rich, you know, laptop Seth, shit. Yeah. Okay. Or pardon, so pardon, pardon my French. That's apologies. Okay. Apologies. Know, just, as long as it's not a habit, I don't care. Um, stuff happens. All right. So let's let's talk about this in terms of a theme here. So we have a theme of money laundering, of sex trafficking sex trafficking, of drugs, of power, uh, and it's always in, it's, it's the same thing in different places. It's Panama, it's Ukraine, it's the Virgin Islands, it's wherever else it is, you know, and so this is, it's the southern border. So it's, the same, it's like the permanent war class. As long as that war is somewhere, they don't care. As long as, as money's being spent, and they're, they're making money, they don't care whether it's uh, Korea, Vietnam, or Iraq, or Afghanistan, or Ukraine, anywhere else they want to send us at war. Remember, John Bolton won us down in Venezuela. You know, so the, the, the permanent war class, and, and then, of course, the drugs. You've got the CIA. You've got the, the Golden Triangle of Vietnam. You've got the opiums in the uh, Middle East. You know, so it's, it's all the same stuff. It just, it just never stops. But I think it's all related. And they just, they just pass it on like a cartel. You know, who's next? Well, the Clintons are next, and, and now we've got the, the Brandon. And, you know, and, of course, Obama's behind the scenes running all this stuff. And they just kind of pass it along. You know, who's that? Who's being you know, one to, thing that I always uh, thought is what's that? the idea of the U.S. military, okay, Marines, mm-hmm. Coast Guard, Army, Air Force, Navy, Space Force, et cetera, is such an entirely different entity than mm-hmm. the CIA or the NSA. They're so separate that um, when you see appropriation budgets for uh, uh, military spending reaching $1.3 trillion dollars over like what two years mm-hmm. i think that's what the national defense authorization act uh, appropriated but at mm-hmm. the same time they they the military has so much sway so when when you have these separate little entities okay covert operations and you have such over operations with the u.s military mm-hmm. i think there's sneaky things that are going behind the behind the scenes okay because it doesn't mm-hmm. change the idea of what the United States military stands for. Okay. If you can, if you can change that idea, okay, you mm-hmm. run control of it because you can sit there and appoint um, generals, officers, etc., to lead your troops. Mm-hmm. And that's what I think the covert community is trying to do. Okay. Barack Obama's great on covert, great on covert. Okay. We took out um, Muammar Gaddafi. Really well. No troops on the ground, et cetera. AC-130s in the air. We took out um, anti-aircraft installations and took out uh, some, um, like, vehicle batteries, you know, stuff like that. You know, we did an excellent job over there. We tried to do the exact same thing under Barack Obama in uh, Pakistan, but the Taliban was in the mountains. We, we can't shoot Hellfire missiles into the mountains. You know, it doesn't do anything. Well, so that's why can. they survived <laughs> so long. Because it was essentially kind of like a war of attrition. But now, since we're heading into this very broad, hot war, okay, we have a proxy situation going on in Ukraine right now. We're trying to bolster our military alliances in the Pacific, especially Taiwan, Japan, South Korea, and Australia. Even Australia has been a pretty uh, strong arm over the past three years. Well, they just um, got a couple of nuclear subs from France. Remember that contract? They're going to get a couple of French nuclear subs. Well, yeah, nuclear subs are uh, very, uh, very ultimatum-like. 
You know what I mean? They okay. You, you can't do it. Yeah, it it just doesn't work well. Okay, I mean you can. What doesn't work? You can well? attack a frigate. You could attack a destroyer, etc. But the moment you I mean launch um, a medium range ICBM or MIRB, like it starts a domino effect. Wait a minute. Well, are how do you tactical? You know? Are there subs with nuclear cruise missiles? Are there subs with tactical nuclear weapons? Or do they only have the boomers? I think subs have a variety of different options. I mean, I'm not sure. I'm not well-versed in my sub technology. I will be tomorrow. Well, <laughs> I'm just not right now. Yeah. I, I don't know what the capacity of uh, the subs that the French sold the Australians. I can look into it, and I can definitely tell you the payload. Yeah, well, it, that's uh, not as important right now, but right. What's there's, an, there's an alliance. I forgot what it's called. Uh, Claire Lopez talked about that when she was on the show. The the Indian Australia alliance. Yeah, the, it was India, Australia, Japan, and South Korea. I think Taiwan, maybe. I'm not sure. But those four countries, Japan, South Korea, Australia, and India, have like a... Oh, Taiwan's in it. They're not going to lose out on being a part of a military uh, yeah, defense. Yeah, but they're not... <laughs> they're like, of, defend us. Yeah, it's, it's not quite official. Yeah. See, with Taiwan, I'd send them like, you know, 5 million, you know, AR-15s. I'd say, here, you know, China may uh, invade, but they're not stay. You know, make it impossible for them to stay. I, I don't think Taiwan can stop them from invading, but they can certainly make it miserable, so miserable, and the cost so high that it's not worth being there. That's what I think they're Well, you know, you know how communist China does their stuff. Like, if they arrest you and you're not willing to sit there and say exactly what you want to say, they mm-hmm. do – take you behind the shed. They do. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, Absolutely. They'll, they'll yeah. say they're going to jail you for 20 years. No one's even no. going to see you after 20 years. No one's even going to care. So they and, and you remember, behind the shed. You're and you'll be, your birth certificate will be destroyed. And you'll be taken off. You'll, it's like you never existed. Oh, yeah, I know how this works. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And there are people that would do that in this country, too. You know, you talk to most of the, the ardent Marxists, you know, whether they think this country would be better off if all the conservatives were lined up and shot. And a lot of them would say, yeah, yeah that seems reasonable. You know, because that's what we're dealing. We're dealing with genocidal psychopaths, you know, and so that's what Marxists are, genocidal psychopaths. And then once once you realize that, then it becomes much easier to take uh, uh, very diametrically opposed positions and stand strong on them. You have to. So they are. You know, one thing one thing I talk to people about is um, uh, political institutional change. So when you switch from ideas, okay, democracy, capitalism, um, laissez-faire, capitalism, communism, et cetera, and you switch to another, okay, let's say we're going from communism to capitalism or vice versa. Naturally, what occurs is 10% of the population, if not 15, dies in that transition because they fail to adhere to the change. Wait, wait, wait. How, and where you with that figure? What's, what's this based on? Give me some examples. Especially when you go from a, from a communist state to a republic, for example. Why would you lose 10 or 15% of the people? That doesn't make sense. Explain. Uh, now I've got to look up a bunch of stuff. Okay. Sorry. Well, I take okay. that no, back. No, it, it, and the next that, time I talk to you, I will yeah. provide the information. No, I'm curious. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying I want to understand it. Where did that Where did that come from? Now it makes sense that when Mao took over China and Chiang Kai-shek fled Taiwan, uh, the, and the nationalists and the, the republic, the actual republic of China, the real China, you know, sitting in Taiwan, and then Mao mm-hmm. killed millions of people. But that was the transition to communism. That's usually how it works out. 
You know, it's like the Russians, like like uh, Lenin and Stalin starved millions of people. You know, the collective. When a person that, doesn't want to change the ideological viewpoint of their life, when it mm-hmm. comes to the governance of themselves and their participation in the governance, mm-hmm. then in some of these diehard situations. Okay. Well, let's take, let's take a look at here. Yeah. Let's take a look here. We went from a republic, you know, back uh, well, during Trump's time. Was, well, let me see. When, when were we actually a republic? I'm trying to think. Probably at our founding. <laughs> I have to go back before Barbie versus Batman. 13 and, original colonies. Started. You know, yeah, there was yeah, no, no I'd, Senate I'd say, reconciliation, yeah. you know, all that stuff. Yeah. So let's say the Bill of Rights was 1797. I'd say between 1797 and 1803 when Marbury versus Madison, uh, the, the case that destroyed our judicial uh, integrity and, and brought about a judicial tyranny. Those five, for those five years, we were a republic. <laughs> okay. But, you know, after that, it's, it's kind of been, you know, gradual rolled down. But in that transition, let's just say we were, uh, our, you know, from a republic to a democracy. So democracy happened, say, 1913. All right. So the popular will, you know, elected senators and the people allegedly voted for a national income tax. And, uh, uh, and what was the other thing? Uh, states and the, um, Federal Reserve Act. Federal Reserve. <laughs> so 1913. Yeah. <laughs> right. So 1913. So, so 1913. So let's say we became a democracy then. All right. So, so, so we're de- we go from a democracy, you know, to a, uh, a Marxist uh, dictatorship, which is what we are basically now. An illegal government has stolen. Uh, the White House and the administration, and they still vote like crazy. And the opposition party, who is controlled by the main party, surrenders to them and doesn't do anything much about it uh, until now. <laughs> you know, we've got 20 people standing up against McCarthy. But this is the first act of defiance that I've seen since, uh, since Gingrich. But we, we haven't had it. Well, well, let me think about this. Okay, you might be onto something. How many people died in the transition from um, people controlling their own, own lives to a, a COVID Marxist health dictatorship with the mandates, with the jabs? with the loss of business, the loss of fortunes, uh, the suicides, you know, and, and the vaccine deaths and everything else. Did we lose 10 to 15% of our population? How many people died, do you think? And this, this is ballpark. We're just speculating wildly here. But okay. If we're how, speculating many, how many people were killed in that, that like, transition? Yeah, I can look up these numbers, but blah, blah, blah. Okay. Anyway, um, I would like to say about 3%. So I actually have a friend. Okay? I, I've known him. You know, I've played video games with him, et cetera. He... He is uh, an anarchist, okay? I'm mm-hmm. not sitting there telling him how he should live his life because he's my friend. I just sit there and play video games with him. Very but, much. Uh, he was an anarchist. I haven't talked to an anarchist lately. So this in uh, the be beginning of 2020, in February, mm-hmm. okay, right. he made this little post on Facebook. And I knew about COVID about December 2019. I knew him probably about three months before it hit mainstream. Okay, no names unless we, we get him on the air. <laughs> we'll keep, it, keep him anonymous for now. But, yeah, go ahead. What was said? If it was, especially for public um, he made a post and he said, like, oh, I hope all these Trump supporters die, blah, 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 because of COVID, blah, blah, blah. And I chimed in and I commented back and I said, I hope you don't have a grandparent in a nursing home yeah. because they're going to be gone. And what, it, it's not funny, but um, mm-hmm. my uh, great aunt, my aunt Barb, uh, she died in a nursing home in uh, oh, I'm sorry. Detroit. And uh, she was a great woman. My, my family's good people. She was a great woman. And uh, she died. And my grandma told me the story, like, oh, natural cause, et cetera. And I'm like, I know exactly what happened, you know. And, um, you know, I look at some people like that who advocate, like, oh, you know, the old 50-plus boomer type people, you know, them baby boomer generations, et cetera, you know, they need to die and stuff like that. They, they, some, 
some of these real radical leftists advocate this. And I mm-hmm. sit there and I go, yeah, the what about your family? What about your family? What about your family? They don't have any understanding of like what real loss is. So it just it puzzles me how how you can sit there and be like, oh, you know, it'll sway political opinion. I when it comes to my family, I couldn't care whether they vote left or right. I couldn't care whether they vote the middle or they vote in the sky or vote in the ground. I don't care. Mm-hmm. That's my aunt. That's my grandma. That's my dad. That's my mom. I spent so much time with them when I was a little kid. And for people to advocate like, oh, they need to just disappear and everything, I think that's so sad. So irrelevant and so What sad. does it say about them? It says more about them than anything else. You know, and, and I, I don't. Uh, that's the difference between uh, you know a conservative patriot and a Marxist. Is that uh, the conservative says if you disagree, well, let's talk. You know, and and you know, let's, let's, and the American, you know, the MAGA folks, let's make America great. Let's make this great for everybody. They never say make America great for you know white male Christian whatever the left thinks. But the left, the left is dangerous. The left is the violence. You look at the violent riots; it was all on the left. You look at Charlottesville, that was all leftist violence. You look at any of the, the, the big problems we have, the cities that are burning, it's all leftist violence. People are violent and dangerous, and they do have the gulags, and they will have, uh, you know, I and mean, what separates us from a lot of these other countries is the Constitution. You know, in fact, the, the, the institutions that are still in place, you know, if, if this were a normal, regular, run-of-the-mill country, when the Marxist coup took over, the Obama, Clinton, um, Bush, you know, uh, mafia government organization took over as they did in the 2020 election. You know, if this were a normal country without a constitution, without the institutions, there would be those camps. There would be absolute suppression. There would be absolute control of information. No no private property would be safe. There would be no rights. The Bill of Rights would be a joke. That's what what would happen except for Marxist leftist government. I completely believe that. I think think for the most part, Roy Epps Okay, you know Roy Epps, the, one of the Ray lead Epps. advocates for Ray. charging the Capitol. Okay, Ray Epps. He yep. he said, "Oh, we need to we need to storm the Capitol, et cetera." And there's also mm-hmm. additional video footage of people unlocking the magnetic locks in order to be able to enter the Capitol, et cetera. Almost as if an entrapment situation. Um, well, and people we've talked about this extensively. Yeah, we've we've talked about this extensively. So the doors were open. So, so you're saying ma- this magnetic locks that's new? Now I know about Ray Epps. I think it's Ray R A Y Ray Epps, not Roy. I think I'm pretty okay, sure. Yeah, positive. Yeah. Okay, so here's my question though: When the door, who opened the doors? So I actually have some video footage of the doors. Oh, okay, do and tell. A gentleman on the inside goes up uh-huh. to these doors, starts looking at the video camera, and starts waving. Okay, <laughs> and then you try to open these doors Capitol right Hill before Police he started waving. They were locked, etc. Okay. And no, no, just huh. Cointel Pro, just inserted. Explain CoIntelPro for those that The magnetic know. locks are hit. About yeah, 10 seconds later, Co-Intel-Pro. Do- left door opens back up. Yeah. Okay. Oh, CoIntelPro? Yep. Oh, um, it's government agents um, infiltrating political organizations and causing mayhem in order to create uh, um, a situation where the government can come in and perform an investigation or be able to um, get written warrants from judges as a means to infiltrate and inhibit. So it's COINTELPRO. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. It happened in the 60s in uh, Vietnam, about the mm-hmm. Vietnam War and everything, when the 
hippies. Were yeah, if, if you have a peace group, right, and somebody walks in saying, "Yeah, let's go bomb the 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 church, let's go blow up the you know the the, the administrators, you know whatever." You know, that's usually a government agent because <laughs> most peace groups are peaceful. We don't want to do that. Um, the Proud Boys. No. Yeah. The Proud Boys um, mm-hmm. over in Oregon and Washington when they're having all their little scuffle with the Antifa groups, et cetera. Mm-hmm. I, I can't remember his name, but he's uh, the colored gentleman. Um, the colored lashes, gentleman. Et cetera. Uh, <laughs> I heard he, that expression for a while. FBI you mean the black informant, guy? And he was yeah. like the main guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And he was an yeah. FBI informant. Yeah. Well, let me tell you about uh, let me tell you about the Oath Keepers and Stuart Rose. Uh, if you go back in our, our archives uh, a couple of months, or you, you just do a search, every, every every one of our broadcast pages has a search window at the top. And if you if you type in Action Radio slash Stuart Rhodes, you will get two episodes where Stuart Rhodes, the head of the founder of the Oath Keepers, called us from the Oklahoma Federal Prison. And we've got it live on we've got it live on on podcast. Okay. You know, I so always had extreme respect for the Oath Keepers. Because um, they never did ex- extreme behavior. It was always uh, protecting uh, civil property and mm-hmm. um, adhering to constitutional standards From of like The Marxists. You know, this is what people understand. They yes. were taking our, our people and property from Antifa, Black Lives Matter, you know, the FBI, KGB, and the, the government uh, and the Ray Epps, the provocateurs. Yeah. Yeah. They're yeah. the good guys. You know, and we have Stuart. Well, here's the thing: obviously, uh, our legal reporter and a criminal defense attorney um, was working with Stuart Rose at the time. That's how Stuart was able to call him from the Oklahoma federal prison. And of course, Jonathan, being Jonathan, says, "Hey, you want to have him on live on air? Yeah, <laughs> put him on." So, so I'm talking. To, I've talked to Stuart Rose a couple times. So, uh, oh, he's fascinating. In fact, he had a message for uh, for Congress and for President Trump uh, that I've been trying to get to Trump, and I've, I've you know various angles and circuits and things like that. But, you know, uh, we need to break through our censorship. That's our biggest problem right here because we have this, this huge problem. But um, getting back to the Oath Keepers and the Proud Boys, the perception is those are the bad guys. Who's saying the bad guys? The bad guys are. You know, who says that the people that are against the vaccine are bad? The people that are pushing the vaccine. I mean, look who's doing it. You know, who's talking about people being anti-government? The people that stole the government. <laughs> you know, the people that say that it was uh, It was uh, Joseph the, Gobbles and... Uh, Gobbles and uh, Lenin, people like that, who said, if you repeat a lie enough times, it eventually becomes the truth. Mm-hmm. So uh, repetition equals memorization. So I think the perfect example when it comes into mm-hmm. the past, like, six years would have been mm-hmm. the Russian uh, interference in the uh, 20, uh, 2016 election. Okay? It was right. all false. Which there wasn't. But repetition, yeah. repetition, repetition. No coverage on any other viewpoint, but repetition. Mm-hmm. And people just say, oh, you know, oh, the Russians got involved. No, yeah. no. You know, Elon Musk came out with the Twitter files, and it turns out that they were literally censing, censoring GOP representatives because they had an alternate opinion and viewpoint on certain aspects, maybe the shot or maybe uh, appropriations on budgets, you know, maybe the Ukraine thing. Who knows? But mm-hmm. they would censor them. You know, so you hear no alternative narrative except oh. the repetitive. Yeah. Repeat after me. Oh, yeah. You know, the vaccine is safe and effective. You know, uh, what's that thing from the hearing? Uh, so-and-so is uh, the kindest, gentlest, warmest human being on the planet. <laughs> Whatever that thing was, they had to, the, you know, if you ever see the original Manchurian candidate, not the Denzel Washington one, 
And I like Denzel Washington. He's a great actor, but <laughs> wrong film. <laughs> they totally distorted the original. The original is fabulous. Well, let me ask you a couple of questions. One, you were talking about earlier about intelligence, uh, the intelligence community being separate from uh, uh, the military. What about the Defense Intelligence Agency? What about the, the military intelligence divisions? Where are they? Are they closer to the CIA or are they closer to the military? Well, being that, moreover, those agencies are uh, covert in nature, okay? Mm-hmm. I okay. don't know anything about them and et cetera. You know, um, they're not going to pronounce or advocate their behavior to mm-hmm. the public, okay? et cetera. So being that as such, when it comes to the U.S. military, the U.S. military is always viewing every scenario, okay, while – when it comes to the covert military intelligence community, the ends justify the means. Okay? We're going to give Stinger missiles to the Mujahideen to fight the Russians in the 1980s. Okay? The ends justify the means, where the military would b- look at it like, why are we giving these people? They're just going to sell it to some people in Africa and stuff like that. No, mm-hmm. the ends justify the means. So I think they're more aligned in the covert aspect of it all. Okay. Um, because when it comes to over, the military beats the intelligence community like 50 to 1, you know. But then again, it only takes a little bit to get a lot done nowadays. That's why the military is even uh, focusing on working more on isolated, smaller operations than large-scale ones. I think the Russian quagmire in Ukraine is a perfect example. They did this huge military operation in spring, mind you, where everything's muddy and lo and behold, how many tanks got blown up? How many? Lots. Okay, I don't even have the number, but so many military assets got destroyed. Okay, that that's the idea of overt, mass overt. Okay, so our military is more starting to focus on uh, smaller operations and executing more potential. Okay, it only mm-hmm. took four HIMAR missiles two days Heimar. ago. What's a HIMAR? HIMAR. HIMAR. Uh, two days yeah. ago to hit a uh, Russian barracks in Donetsk and blow up a munitions depot and kill three to 400 people, maybe more. We don't know. Okay. Okay. So let, let's define these terms here. What's a, what's a HIMAX? What's a, what's a bear mar? What, uh, what are those things? A barracks? Well, yeah, whatever a you're talking about. Barracks is where you sleep in the military. Oh, like barracks. if you're a conscript right, so in Russia, you know. Oh, I see. So barracks. Okay, so we got pronunciation. <laughs> I just I hear, I hear the words differently. So what's what's this high missile? No, what's that? Um, no, oh, I forgot the acronym, but it's a long-range precision uh, strike missile. I believe it can hit two hundred and fifty kilometers. Into the research. So is it ground launch? Right now, is it air launch? Yes, How it's is... uh, surface to surface. Surface okay. to surface. Um, How big is the warhead? Uh, the precision you know? of it is very good. Okay. Um, I don't know how its repositioning capacity is because the Russians would obviously sit there and be like, it hit us, especially after 400 people. You know, they're definitely sitting there with the Zircons like, where is it? We're hitting it. You know, yep. but I guess it can just reposition itself quite well. You know, some, some of these, you know, rocket batteries are, can just be like, all right, we're out, you know. So, well, that's what I'm wondering is if it's a ground launch missile. I mean, I don't know how big the warhead is. Is it able to take a tactical nuclear, a low yield nuclear warhead? Oh, I'm not going to go 
I'm not going to go into that type of stuff. I'm why not? We, I'm we not do, touching we used to nuclear do, we used to do with a ten foot pole, man. Oh, see, not even putting that out there, man. You got well. Yeah, let me tell you, when, when Doctor Pry was alive, and this is why you know, when I talk about things that uh, you know, you talk about things that affect you personally when you've had family losses, which are tragic. Um, I've had a personal, a couple of personal friends uh, be killed by by COVID government policy. One of them is our uh, is our former national security expert, Doctor Peter Pry. Uh, and I'm still collecting all of his shows together. I'm going to give it to his family and I think the Center for Security Policy he used to work for because he was on for four years uh, regularly. And I have, I have you know, a gazillion hours of stuff. And we used, to, we used to talk about third and fourth generation nuclear weapons all the time, low-yield nuclear weapons, tactical nukes, all that kind of stuff. We talked about that stuff. So you wouldn't, you wouldn't be breaking you know, anything new talking about it. I would like to know some because I want the latest information. And so we do talk about that stuff. We do talk about... You know, where we have gaps, we talked about hypersonic missiles, we talked about EMP, we talked about the consequences of, uh, of massive EMP outages in terms of our water and electricity and everything else. We've talked about the two North Korean satellites that orbit us, you know, every day. You know, we would talk about all that stuff. You're, this is the place where you can talk about it. So whatever you think you can't talk well, about, chances are the, you can't. The idea of talking about it right now, um, mm-hmm. I listen to a lot. Uh, I read a lot of Henry Kissinger, et cetera. I, Listen to the guy. Um, I don't know if that's a good I thing. I used to listen to Zygmunt Brzezinski, former national security advisor oh, he's, he's to uh, Jimmy Carter, yeah, uh, special advisor is. to Barack Obama, et cetera. You know, you know him. Yeah, his daughter is in, to these guys. Uh, on CNN. What's her name? Brzezinski. Uh, Mika Brzezinski. Okay. Yeah, she uh, sits there with, uh, what's his name? Joe Scarborough, Scarborough yeah. or whatever. So that, that's anyway. your globalist news team. You know, this is your program news for you. They are World Economic Forum at that. Anyway, um, why do you think they're there? <laughs> we are so close to the potential of nuclear war. Okay, the Cuban yep. Missile yeah. Crisis. I know it was literally one Russian guy who was like, "I'm not going to do anything," and it never occurred. Therefore, the situation never happened. But we are well, at this point fall in multiple situations war? are about to wait a minute. Occur. Wait, let's let's go back to Cuban Missile Crisis. This is a good point uh, because it's very similar to what's happening except that we're causing it, <laughs> you know. Um, so was, uh, was Khrushchev in for a nuclear war? Did, was the Russian Politburo, was the Kremlin, were they all set for it? Is that what they wanted, or were they trying to avoid it and just be provocative? Where, where did they stand on it? Okay. So back in the mid-1960s, okay, Cuban Missile Crisis was 1967. Um, 62. Uh, JFK, uh, Kennedy, uh, received military intelligence that there was uh, missile installations in Cuba, okay? Right. More likely medium range. I mean, short range from Cuba is only 75 miles, and short range missiles can reach probably about 100 on average, you know? So there's missile batteries in Cuba. Mm-hmm. So JFK said, oh, I got to call him. I got to call up uh, Khrushchev. You know, we got to talk this out, you know? Calls him up, said, hey, you got to get those out of there. You get those out of there, or there's going to be big problems. I mean, we kept we kept some stuff in Turkey. Okay, we kept some military yeah, installations in yeah, Turkey, missiles, but it was, but they were it was a ways though. away. It was like three, yeah. four hundred miles away, or yeah. probably more actually. But actually, um, we gave up those missiles in exchange, if I remember. I could be wrong on that. I think we there were Jupiter missiles, and I think we gave them up, uh, and they were in Turkey. We gave up obsolete missiles to get rid of you know good ones. But here's the question though. Uh, so when so when Khrushchev and, and Kennedy were talking, this is on the hotline. Do you, know, do you remember when the hotline was established? Yes. When did yes. that? Not which administration? Technically, I don't remember, but I do was know that Eisenhower. Was it Truman? Was it Eisenhower? Or was it Kennedy? 
Um, I believe it was Eisenhower because Truman uh, threatened the Russians for invading uh, northern Iranian oil fields with the nuke before the Russians developed the nuke themselves and the Russians peeled out. Um, okay. And then it was gave the Truman yeah. leaving office and Eisenhower coming in that the nukes, the Russians started saying, we got the nuke too. So that's probably right about when the hotline was developed. Well, here's another question I just thought of. What is uh, Eisenhower fought, you know, not with the Russians, but that he certainly considered them allies. I mean, Eisenhower ran D-Day. So Eisenhower was coming in on the Western Front with, with uh, Britain and France, and Russia was coming in on the Eastern Front. They met in Berlin. You know, of course, then the things divided up. But did, did Eisenhower have any uh, serious contacts, you know, either clandestinely or overtly with Russian military or with the Stalin, you know, dictatorship that, uh, that gave him insights or, or that had a connection, you know, when he was president? Has anybody looked into that? I just thought of it. Do you know anything about that? So you want to know the truth? You want to know the truth? No, lie to me. Of course I want the truth. <laughs> look at the, well, okay, look at the mortality rates of how many people died. The Russians, yeah. Germans, United States, Britain, France, etc. cetera. Oh, okay. okay. The mm-hmm. Russians lost so many people. In yeah. fact, in World War II, Stalin was sitting there. While the United States and the West divided okay, through the, the Iron Curtain, et cetera, in East mm-hmm. Berlin when we met in the middle, Russia right. – Stalin was so mad because we didn't do more, and they lost, I think, 10 million people. They lost 10 million people. How many many did we lose in the war? 450,000. Yep. They lost so much, and Mm -hmm. Stalin was really mad. Okay, So they met in the middle, and that's why Stalin made no concessions, and he said, I don't trust you guys for my life. I'm just going to take over this territory because I'm Russia. You know, well, well also Georgian, Russia had been but... invaded, and we, we've talked about this before too. But you know, you had uh, you had uh, Bismarck, you know, you had Napoleon, <laughs> you, know, you had the Kaiser. You know, I mean, Russia had been invaded by Germany several times. I mean, I'd be paranoid too. But Whoever had, controls the, the motherland Soviet. controls the fatherland. Whoever controls the fatherland controls the world's island. Whoever controls the world's island controls the world. Okay, so where's that from? I think. Um, well, I know Henry Kissinger said it, but um, before that, I think it was like King James, like way long ago. Can't remember the exact source, but it's so Russia, real the quote, motherland, Germany you know. is the fatherlands. I mean, Germany—that's what they call themselves, right? Mother Russia, Europe's and, the, and fatherland. the fatherland. Europe's the fatherland. Yeah. Okay, so you control Russia and Europe. Okay, right. you control the world's island, which is Asia. Okay, you control the world, largest economic output, highest population. Um, I mean, the Mongolians were the perfect example. They took over a majority of Asia, and mm-hmm. now look at Genghis Khan. We we all have a little bit of Genghis Khan in us. That's a scary thought, <laughs> especially some of the people I've had to work for with bosses. But anyway, yeah. Okay, well, we're getting a little far afield here, but this is good. This is kind of fun, so I don't mind doing this. Um, but um, let's let's uh, let's see bring it back. I have one last question for you, and then I want to uh, take a break and I want to play an interview that I did uh, at WBY on drones. You might find it really interesting. Yeah, you, you need to call back okay. more often. This is fun. Um, so the question is, as as there is a psychological uh, operation or a psyop uh, being done on us through propaganda, through repetition, through psychological warfare to convince us that okay. the election was the the safest which, of course, is you know, BS, uh, that Brandon's actually the president, which he's not, that anything he does is legal, which it isn't, 
that sending him to the border is going to be a good thing because something will change rather than have him congratulate people saying, can you let in more illegals for me? You know, I mean, people are, this is so weird. So how do we he never went to the border, but we'll keep going. <laughs> what, what, no, but he hasn't been to the border, but that's not the point. Why would you send him to the yeah. border? That's like sending, uh, you know, Dr. Fascist, you know, to the morgue and expecting him to be upset. No, he's like, hey, great. More vaccines, more money. Thank you. You know, I mean, you, you send him to the, or, or a hospital, intensive care unit. He doesn't care. First of all, the man hasn't been in a hospital, you know, since he got his medical degree. Secondly, he has no, he's not a virologist. He's not a microbiologist or a molecular biologist. He doesn't know anything uh, beyond his basic He did just degree. resign from his position, too. He did. Well, that's just to cover, from, cover his um, butt. You know, so, uh, yeah, that's true. Well, do we have an extradition treaty with the Virgin Islands? Or American territory, that's right, yeah. So where is he going to go? Which, which non-extradition country is he going to go to? <clears throat> well, with his, with his million. If, if we're going to take reflection into <laughs> everything right now, okay. when when committees are assigned to investigate, etc., um, the Trump administration, okay, everyone that was petitioned, whether it was Jared Kushner, whether it was Melania, whether it was Trump's little mm-hmm. son who's like 15 years old, etc., they right. they didn't they didn't show. There's no legal authority saying. You have to show up for these committee interrogations, essentially. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Fossey will—he'll be summoned by Rand Paul. He will be summoned by Rand Paul. Come on down, buddy. But he's mm-hmm. not going to show. He's not going to show. He'll have a representative, maybe his secretary show, maybe, but he ain't going to show. He just resigned but out Paul's of the position. He has, he has no not, governmental yeah. position right now. Yeah. He's going to get hired by Pfizer as a lobbyist. <laughs> yeah. Well, oh, that's probably true. Yeah. Well, he doesn't have to work anymore. I mean, he's got so much money. Why would he? Why would he consider going to an office anymore? You know, he's highest paid, he's gonna, highest he's paid gonna, person in all government. Yeah, but he'll probably get a. He'll probably be in the new Epstein Island that we don't know about yet. Knowing him, <laughs> that's, that's just speculation on my part. But let's get back to my question though. Psyops. How do how do yeah. we the people? I mean, part of what I do here at Action Radio is go against all the psychological operations. I mean, this show is censored heavily and horribly ever since I came out. In fact, I just posted the bill at the Action Radio group. That I, that I wrote back on February 27th of 2020, saying that this is a that uh, you know chances are that this this uh, virus is a bioweapon that uh, the Congress can only spend half the money on the vaccine, they have to spend half the money on early treatments and cures. That we can we need to be developing viruses that kill this virus. We need to be developing drugs that work with viruses to kill this virus. You know all these things. I, and, and this is in, this is February. This is like two weeks before the the 15 days to slow the spread. Most people didn't even know about this, and we're, I'm already legislating against it. You know, then March 2nd, I came out with my show that said this, the, the government response is a total hoax. They said, this is a bunch of crap. This is nonsense. You know, we've got early treatments. They work. Why are we, why are we pushing a, a vaccine for a virus that's already here? So I've been censored over two years now, coming up my third anniversary of my February and March, you know, declarations uh, that this is all nonsense and illegal. And so I'm, I'm well aware of the censorship, and I fight against it all the time. But what, what do individuals, or groups, or... You know, uh, any, anybody uh, or the MAGA folks of the Trump campaign, how do you combat psychological operations? What's, uh, what do you, what's the best way to, to ruin, to get the truth through the PSYOP? What okay. Can do? So one thing you can do, and not many people really like to do this, but you have to try to read between the lines, Okay. Oh, I do that Every, all time. Everything the government <laughs> also, does, everything the corporation yeah. does, everything the military does, mm-hmm. it's done for a reason. Everything's okay. done for a reason. But lots okay. of times people look at it face value. You read the headlines, okay? okay? 
oh, um, Attorney General of Virgin Islands gets fired for suing J.P. Morgan Chase. But now that you did the research, you know that the suit that she filed was Jeffrey Epstein. Okay. Mm -hmm. So yep. if you start re the idea is to not take everything at face value, but understand the underlying um, truths behind it. And it, it comes down to a personal acknowledgement of like, I need to just, I need to know the truth. I'm not going to take it from this guy. I'm not going to take it from her. I'm going to look at both of their stories and I'm going to come to the conclusion in between because there's lots of, lots of, um, Oh, not muckraking, but uh, confusion, okay? Political leaning, heck, political leaning on both sides that you mm -hmm. really do have to look at one side and look at the other, and then you get the idea in the middle, okay? Mm -hmm. You know, people say, Democrats say the rich are too rich, okay? That's an argument Democrats say. And the Republicans say, oh, taxes are too high, okay? That's a Republican mm -hmm. viewpoint. There are some people that own so much money but use tax loopholes. Trump talked about this, for goodness sake, because he used it himself. Use uh, tax code loopholes to skim the system and maintain being rich. So the Republicans are right in a way. The Democrats are right in a way. And as much as they donate to a charity, that charity has 80% bureaucratic costs sometimes. You know, mm -hmm. I think Wounded Warriors was one that was like 95% um, bureaucratic costs, and they hardly oh, sent it back to the vet until they got accused, and then they had yeah. to be corrected. Uh, so you got to understand that there's an objective in the middle on both uh -huh. sides of the aisle, reconciliation. Okay. Yeah. Well, what if it's outside both sides of the aisle? So here's another thing, too. I mean, this, is, this makes a whole lot of sense, and I try to do that. I often talk about it's more important to, to report what's not in the news than what is. And I try to make a point of that. So this is why I say, come back more often. Tell us these things that we should know. Read between the lines. You know, give us an interpretation. Hey, you might even get your own report. <laughs> you know, I, 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 I can see that happening. I'm serious. You know, because this would be interesting, the geopolitical report, you know, and, uh, or something like that. But this would, be a, this would be a great regular feature on the show because there's so much information that you have. Uh, I just got to nudge you into all the things you don't want to talk about. Those are things I'm going to want to talk about. <laughs> Just because the minute you don't want to talk about it, now I'm interested, right? It's a, that's, that's I get a, to a be touchy, movie. man. I, I, I mean, could just start blurting, and I could possibly no, talk about something say, that's top secret no, classified. No, but, I don't know. Who knows? Okay, don't, you don't know, I could just start blurting. Okay, right. yeah, don't do that. All right. I don't want to get you in trouble. Yeah. We don't know. Um, but, we don't know. Uh, but, but everything you say has to go through my own personal you know, logic and reasonable filter. So everything goes through the logic and reason filter. If it's not logical, if it's not reasonable, I, I'm going to find I'm going to ask about it. Okay. And so, so this is where like uh, Josie, who's on all the time, one of my favorite people, uh, she'll, she'll say these amazing things that are going on and then she'll get into a realm that I don't believe. And I tell her, okay, that line. Now you're just, now this doesn't make sense to me and here's why. And so we talk about these issues, but I'm thinking that, uh, you know, the whole psychological operation, you know, you almost have to have one against it. Um, so, so our psychological operation is truth. And say, so why don't you believe us? You know, what's, what's, uh, you know, what, what is so hard to believe that somebody would uh, make billions of dollars, you know, off something they're calling a vaccine that isn't a vaccine. You look at all the things that aren't true. It's not a vaccine. You know, it, it's not safe and effective. Uh, you know, why would it be so hard to believe that, uh, you know, DeMar Island, you know, almost uh, died uh, from what I'm calling a vax attack. That's my new word. So here's something too. So, so the, I'm, I'm big on words. 
You know, I call them the gelding old party because that conjures mm-hmm. up an image. I call oil an organic fuel because that conjures up an image. Uh, when I, when I, t- I don't say rhino anymore. I say transgender Democrat conjures up an image. So I use language. <laughs> I like that, though. Oh, you, that's good. Yeah, you like that? You can use that one, too. Yeah, trans, that's, that's, that's actually my personal favorite. But I, can't, I don't know where that came from. I was just like making breakfast one day. I said, yeah, the rhino. So they're more like transgender Democrats. And, of course, it's stuck, right? Um, but language. Can't, how, you know, I mean, I like to use I think it's very effective. But I'm curious what you think. Can we be even more effective with our language by redefining terms? Well, I'm thinking. thinking. Okay. You know, redefining terms. Or defining terms. Yeah. I I never say assault weapon. I would say from rifle. I'm I'm a very knowledgeable guy, and I'm very straight to the point. So when I look Mm -hmm. at an acronym or a term, et cetera, I don't beat Mm -hmm. around the bush. I call it the way it is when, Mm -hmm. you know, I see a – drag queen at a library dancing for kids i i call it inappropriate there's no there's no in between between it why do we like, still use the term kids, kids, you know the, you know there's uh, why do we say um that? i see a guy walking down the street uh-huh. and i go that's a dude you know yeah yeah and not trying to say the reno thing but at the same time i don't what's the reno thing? Coat stuff you know um transgender democrat Oh, the rhino. I said rhino. You, you changed oh, rhino, rhino. rhino. You said Reno, and I'm like, what's a Reno? It's a rhino. Okay, anyway, but the, but this is fascinating. Okay, so here's a perfect example: drag queen. Why don't we say transvestite? Cross dress. You know what? I don't know, and that is a mm-hmm. wonderful question right there. Okay. Yeah. I I haven't heard um, the term transvest. Sorry, transvestite like actively like portrayed onto a man that dresses as a woman or mm-hmm. could be interpreted as such. I, I mean, I don't care if anyone dresses as a woman. I mean, I'm like, no, eat your own, just stay away it's from the kids. Before kids. You know? Yeah, it's the kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. stay away from the kids. They're innocents. Yeah. They let them grow up into whatever they want to do. Don't sit there and, you know, put mm-hmm. red food coloring into their flowers and then flower goes up red. Let the flower just grow naturally. Um, I haven't heard transvestite at all in like the past five years at all. I heard bi, heard gay, mm-hmm. um, heard lesbian, transvestite. No, I heard drag. No, I know. I, 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 th- I thought of that too. That's why I said it. I said, I haven't heard that term. The last time I heard it extensively was during the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Yeah. Which you don't yeah. see, which you don't see anymore. Have you noticed its conspicuous absence? That movie ran every Halloween, and all of, there's one theater that showed it in San Francisco, I think, uh, like once a month um, for years yeah. when I was there. What happened to Rocky Horror? Sweet transvestite from trans. I know, Tim Curry killed it. Tim Curry killed it, you know. Sorry. But <laughs> no, you, you, don't, you don't see it anymore. You know, Where's you Rocky see Horror active participation in it. And it, mm-hmm. what I think is funny is there's so much active participation targeting kids. You know, I'm I'm willing to go down to, let's say, the gay bar down the street or something like that and mm-hmm. watch a drag show with a friend. You know, maybe they're lesbian yeah, or gay or yes, homosexual. It don't matter. Yeah. 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 I'm an adult. It doesn't matter. But yeah. it's, it's being targeted towards kids. You know, when people Why? say you're grooming kids, you actively are. Okay, well, grooming is too not. nice a word. Grooming is too nice a word. Yeah. We need a stronger word. Grooming implies making them clean. <laughs> you know, if something's groomed, I know it means, I know we use it for, for like an apprentice, that kind of thing. 
corrupting. So we, we, no, stronger. Strong means stronger than grooming. I think corrupt is almost too strong to the point well, where how it's about, like uh, people just automatically dismiss you. Uh, corrupting. How, how like, about uh, how about sex slaving? <laughs> There's a term for you. You're, you're turning him into. Uh, yeah. Well, you think if you if, you, if you're in, if you're if it's mental oh, here's a good mental sex slaving so or conditional sex slaving. So in other words, you're conditioning young people to do something that they that they naturally wouldn't they wouldn't do naturally. It's like entrapment. You can call it sex entrapment. I mean, I can come up with a bunch of words. I'm good at this. Yeah. <laughs> you know, this is what I do. Right. You confuse um, you confuse people into doing stuff they don't want to do. You know? No, I, I I use terms or that, that maybe spark not reaction. Don't want to do, but at the same time, like. You're uh-huh. you're actively confusing people into situa- kids into situations that oh, are not yeah. they're right. not supposed to be it. You know. Okay, I thought you were talking like, me for a minute. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So let's start calling transvestites. Uh, it's not drag queen hour. Uh, now in San Francisco, you know, I remember Halloween celebrations when I lived there because I lived uh, just on the other side of the hate, and the Castro's where you went for Halloween. You know, before it all shut down. Uh, because and those were drag queens and they were fabulous. I mean, you know, these people dressed as, as drag queens normal, so Halloween went all out. It was the place to be in San Francisco, but it was adults. You didn't see any kids around there, right? And so it wasn't, um, you know, that that was a that was an entirely different situation. And of course, if if the neighborhood, you know, it's a gay neighborhood, everybody knows that worldwide, you know, wants to do big drag queen shows on Halloween, more power to them, go for it. But they're not in the schools, you know, they're not in front of the kids. You know, yeah. so it's 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 a totally library, different libraries. Thing. Me as an adult, Library. like I don't really mm-hmm. go to the library anymore. I I actively listen to audiobooks and I do a lot of my reading online. You know, mm-hmm. like so go to the library. And here's how you fight kids trying to find the avenue of interaction with knowledge. Maybe community board. You know, you're you're specifically targeting people, except maybe the real advocate of. Like just reading all the time, you know. Oh, new book! Hey. No, so, but what you need to do is defund the libraries, you know. And if any library has transvestite uh, child, oh come on, you can't defund let's call the it. libraries. You can't defund the <laughs> well, libraries. Well, no, but you, well, are then what, so, so we need to. Well, how many people actually go to libraries anymore? Well, you have to have some sort of medium. I mean, what 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 if my what if there's an EMP? Let's go broad. What if there's an EMP attack? Okay, on the United right. States. <laughs> You know, it takes out a thousand <laughs> mile radius of electrical activity. Okay, fries okay. everything because our electrical grid is just trash. Okay. How do I start a fire? In fact, little kids. Okay, ten year old boy. Hey, do you know how to start a fire? No. You know, none of them know. Okay. Boy Scouts would. I know how to start a fire. Well, I, I know, actually right? went to the, yeah, uh, yeah. the Polynesian oh, Cultural Center, and they taught me how to make a fire from from sticks. I can do it. I you can know, do pretty it good archery too. I, yeah. My dad was yeah. an active hunter, and well, uh, I grew up very redneck. I guess is the term. So, um, hey, I'm going to start but, talking no. like this, okay? So we get you out of the cow. You tell me what you did. I said what you hunt when you were a kid. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm just having fun. I do access for fun. <laughs> you're good. You're good. <laughs> but no, the library acts as sort of a finite physical property of knowledge. You know, so mm-hmm. if I wanted to understand how to use a lathe and make a bed frame or something like that. Go to YouTube. The knowledge is there. <laughs> Where the internet, when it's knocked out in an electrical situation, oh, I see you saying. can't do it. Yeah. yeah. Actually, yeah. the best thing would it's be finite. to preserve records that are stripped from the internet. 
you know, the, the back when they had the newspapers and the microfiche and the microfilms and all that kind of stuff. They actually preserved. So there's going to be a time when the Internet took over. You know, you, you can't scrub books unless you burn them. This is why they burn books and yep. burn records and things yep. like that. But and you can't expect everyone always... to have a Faraday box inside their house where they can put their electrical equipment. Right, where exactly. Where an EMP situation so, happens and it's like, oh, my phone's still good, you know, because you have no connectivity. But I don't want child. I don't want transvestite uh, childhood mental uh, sex slaving. <laughs> you know, I don't want that. Uh, you know, in the libraries. You know, so we're gonna start. True. I'll think of a new term for it. But it's definitely gonna start. I'm gonna, I'm gonna bring back the term transvestite because it's appropriate. Listen, I want to let you go. Uh, this has been fun. I want to play some stuff here and do an interview. Play one of my interviews, and then I'll probably have about it by the time I'm done with all this. I'll have about another. 40 minutes of show, uh, sub show left. And then I want to talk about some of the other things that I've raised this year. This has been great. Thank you. I really appreciate your time. So let's do it again. Soon. Yeah. It's always fun to talk to you about. Yeah. Well, thank you. All right. All right. Take I'll care, see Kyle. you around. I'll call in again okay. sometime. Good. All right. Let's, let's take a break. I'll be back in a little bit. Do you know your way around healthcare, insurance, pharmacies, surgery, alternative treatments and choices? I don't which is why I'm so glad I met Priscilla Romans, had her on Action Radio, and learned about health patient advocacy. She is the founder of Great Care. And now as an affiliate of Great Care, we are proud to offer through our discount code, WYL, which stands for Write Your Laws, a 10% discount. Great Care saves you both time and money. They provide medical advocacy, consultation, advice, and recommendations nationwide. Their website is greatcare.com. That's G-R-A-I-T-H care.com. You can email them at greatcare.adm at gmail.com or call them at 469-864-7149. That's 469-864-7149. Great Care, better health through better knowledge and advocacy. Yeah, I just had a, a text coming in. Who was that guy? And that's that's Cal. Uh, Cal is one of our regular um, commentators on the live chat, and uh, he calls me once in a while. And he's a geopolitical expert, and as you can tell by all the things we talked about. But uh, hopefully he'll be back soon. And now I'll be back in a little bit. Here at Action Radio, we are looking for sponsors. We have 30 and 60 second spots available for your announcements, and we have three minute live call-ins to talk about your products and services available. Action Radio is the next evolution beyond talk radio. Join us and let us help your business evolve. Think about being a sponsor of the future and not just a listener and help us help your business grow as you help us plunge headlong into breaking new ground here on Action Radio every day. From addiction to achievement, that is the story of Mike Lindell. It started with my pillow and now goes to my coffee. Action Radio is proud to be an affiliate of my pillow. Our discount code is the same for all our product affiliates, WYL, which stands for Write Your Laws. My pillow pillows are guaranteed the most comfortable pillow you'll ever own. Action Radio is guaranteed to be the most controversial show you will ever hear. Check out their products with our discount code at MyPillow.com slash W-Y-L. That's MyPillow.com slash W-Y-L. Or order now by calling 
That's 1-800-544-8939. Sleep well so you can wake up and hear Action Radio live. Hello, this is Greg Penglis for our newest shooting range here in Milton, Florida. Stand your ground. My friend Jason Myers and crew are creating an incredible facility for our city. Stand Your Ground is located at 6632 Elva Street. The phone number is 850-789-1776. Their email is standyourground1776 at gmail.com. Here you'll find either in process or already going an indoor shooting range, axe throwing, archery, a rage room, self-defense classes, concealed carry weapons classes, security license training, paintball, a full-service gun store, and 24-7 online ordering. So come on down or contact them by phone, email, or website and learn how you can best stand your ground. This is Greg Penglis for Strike Force, your source for pure energy. Strike Force is a concentrated energy drink that turns a half liter of your favorite beverage into an energy drink. You make your energy drink yourself. Action Radio is an affiliate of Strikeforce, so our listeners get a 20% discount. All you do is add our code, WYL, to the discount code window at checkout. WYL comes from our website, Write Your Laws. So, you can get your energy drink, a 20% discount, and help Action Radio change the relationship of we the people to our government. Not bad. Strikeforce is at StrikeforceEnergy.com. That's StrikeforceEnergy.com. Start your engines. This is Greg Penglis. So what is Action Radio? It is a radio show with its own citizen legislature. That's you, the listener. It is a fully interactive system of listeners, expert guests, social media, writing bills, legislator input, bill submission, lobbying, and citizen action. Action Radio is the future of talk radio using all the available technology in one completely integrated new system. You are listening to Action Radio Online with Greg Penglis. The webpage for all Action Radio shows and podcasts is blogtalkradio.com slash citizenaction. Please share our show with all your friends and family, both nationally and internationally. The guiding principle of Action Radio is this. We the people give our consent to be governed through writing the laws by which we are governed. chatting with uh, with Calvin um, about everything <laughs> you know it, it's kind of funny that um, that you know I had all these things prepared and all these articles and things but we were able to actually weave pretty much everything I wanted to talk about uh, into that first hour and a half so that worked out extremely well and so 
this show, I, I, again, I say this a lot of times, I don't think people realize quite how much we improvise, or at least I improvise, uh, as far as, as what we do here goes. But that was such a free-flowing thing that, again, if you have questions while we're talking, you know, you can call in 215-383-3832. You can also go to the live chat, uh, which what uh, Cal does a lot of times. He'll type in on live chat, and uh, we'll get messages and things. And, and sometimes I forget to go to it, so uh, I'm a little lax on that. But when we have a, a cost-creating producing person, uh, that's going to be one of the things that they will do is, is immediately, you know, engage in live chat and, and probably even be in the independent conversations. That's what Jean did when she was uh, – um, helping me out here on the show and would, would engage people directly on live chat. And it almost be like, like I said, it almost be like a separate conversation, which is cool. That's fine. I don't care. You know, it's uh, uh, we do what we do and everybody gets a chance to do what they do best. That's the whole point. So something started um, Tuesday, or I guess it was uh, Monday. Diane uh, told me that she was a Diane Warner, our new uh, election integrity reporter. And who's doing an incredible job, by the way. It's really great to listen to her and to talk to her. Um, but she was, said she was going to the inauguration of Governor uh, Ron DeSantis in Tallahassee. I'm like, well, that's cool. <laughs> great. I said, can you call us? <laughs> can you call us live? So she actually did call us live uh, in the last, I think, 10, 15 minutes of the show on Tuesday. But one of the things she said kind of uh, sparked my interest. And she talked about these drones that were flying overhead. I said, well, that's interesting. How close? Oh, like five feet away. And, and like, you know, it was like she, she could almost reach up and grab him. I'm thinking, well, that's interesting. What would the drones be doing over the crowd? And I'm thinking, huh. So then after the show, I looked up surveillance drones and all this different stuff came out. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> and I found the Electronic Frontiers Foundation, the EFF. And that's what they do. You know, they do privacy rights. They do drone technology. They, uh, they're like our, our watchdog group uh, for all the emerging drone stuff. And so then I had, so I looked up all that. I went over that on the show before they came on. We talked about the drones and all the things they did. Um, and it was fascinating, uh, you know, the, the amount of things the drones can do, infrared, you know, uh, ultraviolet, you know, I guess, you know, cameras, uh, listening devices. They can, uh, they have their own little Wi-Fi on board. They have their antennas. Uh, they can uh, take your texts and uh, phone calls. They can probably, you know, raid your computer, you know, from overhead, you know, while you're sleeping. Uh, and so private industry uses these. Uh, they can see what kind of car you're driving, you know, all that kind of stuff. They can, you know, see your lawn products, <laughs> you know. Um, and then the illegal uses, you know, the illegal, the, uh, uh, the non-warrant searches that uh, law enforcement does with these things. Uh, uh, we had, uh, you know, the, the aspect of, uh, you know, the peepers <laughs> looking in your, you know, windows and things. Uh, and plus the, uh, the, the harassment and everything else. But there's a lot of legal uses, everything from power lines, uh, pipeline stuff, construction, and then the fun uses, you know, drone racing. So we talked about a lot of stuff as far as surveillance drones, but just the amount of the capability, the facial recognition, the, uh, the spying capability without a warrant. And that's the big problem is that uh, no search is legal without a warrant. And I went over this yesterday with the Fourth Amendment when it says an unreasonable search. Um, it, the, the reason for a search is that you have a warrant. So, so it's not unreasonable in terms of, you know, a reasonable person. It's not a reasonable idea. That's not what reasonable means in the Constitution. When I looked it up, you know, I'm not just making this stuff up, but it, it meant a, a warrantless search. In other words, the, the reason, the justification for that search is to have a warrant. So an unreasonable search means a search without a warrant. Now, whether it's, it's, it's a, a reasonable in terms of judgment, that's a whole different question. I mean, that's what the judge is supposed to answer. That's why. But when we think of what, you know, if someone said, well, do you think this is a reasonable idea? In other words, is it, you know, can you justify it? it it's, it's, a, it's a different interpretation or a different meaning of the word reasonable. But in terms of the Constitution, what it means, you know, what it meant when the people who wrote it wrote it means that uh, the, you have to have a warrant. That is, the warrant is the reason for your search. A little bit different. Anyway, so that, I'm, I'm, I'm sidelining here a bit. But uh, 
And so I, I had a, an interview uh, with Kenneth Weeks, and this is back. It's one of the, the later ones that I did, uh, WEBY. So this would have been, I think, the month before uh, my last day. <laughs> and let me get Kenneth, Kenneth here. So it's uh, June 22nd of 2018. And so I've actually turned the volume down on this ahead of time. Usually, uh, the, anytime you put a new audio clip uh, on Blog Talk, it comes on at one of the loudest volumes. And it's like, oh, that's too much. Anyway, so Kenneth Weeks has a company. Uh, UAS, uh, I forgot what it is. He, he mentions it in, in the interview. So this is WBY. This is back uh, June 22nd of 2018. And you'll hear some worrying. We actually had drones flying in the studio. Now, I've talked about this this interview. And in fact, I talked about it yesterday. I said, hey, remember? I said, guys, I actually had drones flying around in the studio for an interview. Well, this is that interview. Okay, so I figured this would be the appropriate one to present. I'm not doing this Thursday because it breaks things up a little bit. That way I don't have to talk for three hours straight. Uh, fortunately, I had Cal call in, so I didn't have to talk for, you know, an hour straight. Um, because I'd rather talk to people than just kind of, you know, monologues like I'm doing now. But I need to set this up. So WBY, uh, Kenneth Weeks, uh, drone. And then the fun part that we don't talk about, and I didn't know this, but after the show, we went outside the WBY studio, which is like a big open field, right? He taught me how to fly a drone. So I actually got a drone lesson. You know, it was very cool. Anyway. A lot of the things that we talked about yesterday in terms of surveillance, uh, facial recognition, Wi-Fi, searching, electronic gizmos, things like that, we go over in this interview from 2018. So what I've done, I've already messaged Kenneth. I want to get him back on. So I'll send him the interview uh, from today so he gets a chance to listen to himself, you know, from, from uh, four years ago. And uh, well, it's be five years ago soon. Well, it's four and a half years ago. Uh, and see what you think. So, again, this is blogtrackradio.com slash is this is the Action Radio Citizen Legislature. I'm Greg Penglis. You'll hear my voice in this. But anytime you hear WBY or you hear the phone number 63-something, whatever it is, that's not current. Okay, none of that stuff is current. I left it in because it's, it's kind of, I don't know, it gives you an idea. I mean, it was there. That was, that was the time. That was the station. I think there's like a station I did I left in. I used to take all that stuff out. But you know what? I kind of I want to keep that, that, uh, um, that memory alive. And the only place that that's going to happen Unfortunately, it's my show. <laughs> you know, we're it. You know, so uh, those that used to listen to it, because they, that's, I think maybe those podcasts are out there. I think they did it later on. I'm not sure. I could, I could look into that. But anyway, I'm, I'm going to keep broadcasting my shows because they were my shows. <laughs> anyway, so here's WEBY. Um, and my guest was Kenneth Weeks. This was June 22nd of 2018. I'm going to roll this and I'll be back uh, in about 44 minutes. And I hope you enjoyed this interview. I did. I just heard it, processing it, and uh, I loved it. All right, here we go. Oh, I've wanted to do this show for such a long time. <laughs> It'll be fun. So, actually, what I need you to do is get a little bit closer to your microphone. There you go. Even slightly, if you need to bring the computer closer and slide things around. Oh, this is this is great. So, I've wanted to do this for for a while again. Uh, this is Greg Pengles here with the Action Radio Hour, uh, thirteen thirty WEBY, Northwest Florida's Talk Radio, and the phone number to call in. And I hope you do, because there's so many things you can learn about uh, about this modern technology I have here. Uh, 850-623-1330 is the number, 850-623-1330. Uh, I've got Ken Weeks here, and if you hear little little twerps and chirps, and it's kind of like like R2-D2 sounds going on, that's normal. That's just what these things do, right? Okay. So, Ken, I'll give you a chance to introduce yourself. Tell us a bit about you and how you got into this crazy biz, and then we'll talk about the crazy biz. No problem. Well, good morning. Thank you, Greg, for having me in here. Sure. Uh, and I run Offshore UAS, uh, locally here in Milton. UAS stands for what? Uh, Unmanned Aerial Systems. 
Uh, unmanned aerial systems is essentially the complete package of the drone. It's the drone, it's the ground control station, it's everything included. Do That's like, UAS. Do you play ground control to Major Tom? Do you do that kind of thing? <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, we have a lot of uh, fun with that uh, in our uh, uh, in our videos. Yeah. But yeah, we have uh, we we started uh, about three years ago. Okay. Uh, flying drones for uh, real estate and for some commercial properties. And yeah. San Rosa County does that. They have. Uh, are they one of your your customers? They are not, unfortunately. Um, I know they do drone stuff for real estate. That's really big because I remember aerial photography used to be a huge business. We also have uh, Kelsey uh, Weeks, who's uh, excuse me, no Kelsey White. There we go. Get my names right. I'm sorry. Uh, so Kelsey White is doing the the Facebook video, which you'll be able to see uh, posted as soon as we. Uh, have the show done. So all the things we're going to talk about today, you're going to get a visual on them in a little bit. So I got two W's in your last names. It's easy to kind of uh, mm-hmm. get things mixed up here. So so Kelsey uh, White is our is our videographer as it goes, and uh, probably try, I'll try and drag you on the microphone for a little bit. We'll see how that goes. But Ken Weeks is our. Uh, what are you doing there? He's got a, <laughs> got a I'm, I'm messing with some options here. I'm trying to get the uh, the video, uh, the ISO and the shutter speed up. Okay. Okay. So. So three years the company's going. So real mm-hmm. estate, so people, I mean, like I said, have you replaced, you know, manned aerial photography as a business? Just well, I'll, I'll, in, a, in a big way, yes. Okay. Um, uh, there are plenty of companies that still use aircraft, okay. large aircraft with large camera settings and large um, uh, bits of equipment okay. uh, they use for large pieces of land. But that's where these drones are starting to uh, gain some, some traction is where it's cheaper. Uh, you don't have to put a, a man in the aircraft. So you're not paying labor. You're not paying contract. You're not paying, contract, labor, not you're paying, not paying yep. the fuel. I mean, it's a battery. So it's a battery. Yep. You're, not, you're not paying for fuel. Which is, which is nothing. Exactly. You, know, you don't need air traffic control to fly them. Exactly. You don't you need know. air traffic control. <laughs> and so the operating cost is dramatically Less than, oh, oh, than tremendous, a, you know, yeah. It's just not as much fun though, unless you have a drone that you can fly yourself. You know, we're both a couple of pilots, so we're going we're gonna to do a little flying reminiscence as we go here. And all the noise, we've got uh, we've got some things in studio. Do, I'm not sure what they're going to do yet, but with, this is the one we want to get flying. That gray one. This one, yes, the okay. Mavic Pro. We're going to try to get that. What's one it called? Uh, it's the Mavic Pro from DJI. Go tell me about that one. Now this one here, uh, it's a newer one. It's not the newest, but it's a newer one. Okay. Uh, it so is I'm going to do. I'm going to have you sort of when you look around at the different things, just kind of bring your microphone with you oh, and that okay. way you'll be able to uh, uh, so this, uh, keep it consistent. There we go. There we go. Uh, this Mavic uh, Pro from DJI, it's, I don't want to say it's our toy, but it's the... Uh, it's, it's cute. It's it is tiny. Cute. It's adorable. <laughs> it's got a camera right in the front of it. It looks like a, like a Romulan spacecraft with the wings kind of facing forward a little bit. Then you've got the back propellers. Now, and then you've got this, what well, looks like a camera right below it. So you can do real estate with that tiny... This thing's like a foot across. You can bring it on. Yeah, we'll, we'll get a close-up of this. See, now, and, now, we are streaming, should be streaming live now. Oh, okay. Very cool. So, in fact, if you give me the website, is it it's to your website? Uh, no, it's going to be to it's to my Facebook right now. Okay. Uh, the uh, website, www.offshoreuas.com. Well, I'll, what I'll do is I'll share it to, when we take our first break, I'll share it to the WBY page, and then people can see what's going on. Okay, so there, it's, it's, there it is. Can we start that one up? So we've got Ken multitasking right now. It's great. He's got the drone in his hand, and so he's got the controls and talking on the radio at the same time. And they say guys can't multitask. Ooh. There it goes. Okay. This is cool. (laughs) Now, it's interesting. The propellers are, are like, not connected until the thing starts going. Let me see. I can actually put it on the ground here. Okay. Yeah, we'll do that. Like I said, this is is a work in progress because, you know, the technology is is pretty incredible. Again, my goal is is to have you take a picture of me as we go. 
uh, right through the show. But it's, I, I mean, I see these things going to be replacing a lot of, you know, applications just because of the cost. There it goes. So it's flying. It's actually, we have a drone flying in the studio right now. And can we turn the camera on that one? On, on this one? Yeah. Oh, that big one. No, the camera on this one right now. Yeah, that one's on now. Oh, it's on. So, right there. so we're actually being photographed right now from the drone. Yeah. And it's hovering. It's just, he's not even handling the controls right now. It's actually hovering here in the, in the studio. That is a riot. You like that? that yeah, yeah, no hands. Neat. Great. No hands, so, yeah. so these are actually stable enough now. You can just let it sit uh, yep. where it is. I mean, it might be a little hard to hear now, but that's because we have a drone going on in here. <laughs> but can we get a little closer or, or above my head or something? Yeah, I mean, let's see. How brave do you feel? Well, let's see if, let's see if the anti-collision will let me. <laughs> it has an anti-collision feature. It does. Okay. All right. This is like my dream come true to be photographed by drone. So we have oh, it's going to stop right there. Okay, that's fine. We have Kelsey photographing us. We have the drone photographing us. Kelsey's photographing the drone. This is going to be very interesting to put this all together. There we are. Okay. So we've got to find a way. We're going to share this as soon as, like I said, we're going to take a break in a couple of minutes and, and figure out what's going on. So they're fairly loud inside, but outside that's not a problem. It's got oh, lights. Oh, no, absolutely. No, it's, it's got very, lights and everything else. In fact, as drones go, this one's pretty quiet. Okay. Yeah. Now, the big one over there? That's a lot louder. The big one's a lot louder. We'll talk about the big one in a minute and the capability of these things. So this whole, our whole studio is being... There it goes backwards and forth, and it's just going to bring it down for a landing. That is so cool. And, it, you, know, and you see the nature photographs of these things. You know, they do some... Uh, you know, I was talking about mm-hmm. how dolphins are being checked in San Francisco Bay because of these, and uh, you know, it's incredible. Yeah, absolutely, and dolphins. That, so this little device you have in your hand, what can it do? So, so this one here, this one is just a... Photograph your nose, by the way. Yeah, so oh, real close. <laughs> real close. There we that, go. Yeah. So this one is, is mainly just a camera drone. Okay. Uh, we can use it to take pictures, take video. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can use this to take uh, some, some grids. What's uh, a grid? Uh, now, a grid for a drone or these UAVs, they'll go in a lawnmower pattern back and forth oh, okay. taking pictures. Now, when they're done with that route, you can take all those pictures and put them together to make one large map, oh, one large seamless okay. map. And it's actually the same method that a lot of the surveyors use today. In fact, a lot of surveyors that you see out on the road with their, their survey equipment. They used to have that, 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 that line of sight, whatever uh-huh. that, what was that thing mm-hmm. called? You know, Seattle uh, light uh, comes to my mind. I don't think that's the right word. I don't think that that's something did. else anyway. Yeah. But, they do have the, but, you don't, but you're sort of replacing surveyors now too. Sure, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, surveyors okay. will use, actually a lot of surveyors are using drones. It's what they're going to be using because it's, it's faster, it's cheaper, it keeps a lot of uh, people safer. Because they don't have to be on the side of a highway. Yeah, they're staying on a road, you know, with a, looking through this little device and not seeing where the traffic is. Exactly. That's fascinating. Uh, surveyors, uh, inspectors. Camera's still on, isn't it? Camera's absolutely <laughs> still on. Yeah, like I said, we're still streaming. So, okay, now he's, he's, he's holding the drone at this point. The drone is not under its own power, but it certainly was before. <laughs> So anyway, you want to call us in and find out what's going on. 850-623-1330 uh, is the number. 850-623-1330. This is too cool. I love toys. I just do. Yeah, we get to see Greg's desk. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All the stuff that's on it here, my notes and, and things like that. But yeah. So what I'm thinking, so a lot of businesses are going to be changed because of this. We got surveyor, I never thought about surveyors. I never thought of Sur- that. Surveyors. What else? What else uh, um, construction companies who want to see you know, how do they the, use the development over time as, okay. the construct- as the process is going. Um, would they send while the crew is working a drone? You can actually fly this between the floors of like a mm-hmm. of like a skyscraper as it's being built, right? Absolutely, absolutely. Okay. You can fly this 
through the floors. Um, the anti-collision software that these uh, aircraft have, they can fly inside this building no problem. How much software do these things contain now? Oh, a ton. Just a ton. Uh, they're, they're, it, you know, the toys that we've seen over the last few years. Because it started with a toy. People thought it was like, toys. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It, it was just hobbyists toys. Got it was out hobbyists, there. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and it just went from there because now you can put 4K cameras. What's a 4K camera? Now, it, that's the, at the moment, it's one of the highest um, commercial cameras you can get. Oh. You know, consumer cameras. It goes right 4K, on the, yeah. Uh, right there. This tiny little camera, 4K, right there. Now, okay. you know, a lot of TVs, newer ones are 4K. Uh, they're just, it's real nice. HD, I guess. Are news crews, TV media people oh, using Oh, absolutely. These? WAR okay. has one of these. Well, they they have an Inspire, a DJI Inspire. What's that? Uh, it's a slightly larger version of one of these. Okay. And it does kind of the same thing. Uh, it'll stream video, takes uh, high-quality film, pictures. It's, it's, it's pretty neat. I'm thinking police, too, in emergency situations. Absolutely. Hostage situations. Absolutely. I mean, the uses of these, are, there's no end to what you can do with there's, them. There's no end. Uh, okay. You know, large energy pipelines, railroads, construction companies, the you know, uh, emergency operations center, the sheriffs. I mean, everybody can utilize these things yeah. for their own different uses. So they could actually get to a, an emergency before the crews arrive, photograph it, mm-hmm. give people an idea of what's happening. And the, you're having too much fun, I can tell. I know. You know, and, and it's just, I'm thinking, it's just, like I say, amazing what these things are, are capable of doing. So we're going to take a break now. And what I want to do is, during the break, see if I can share this to the WEBY Facebook page so you can see all the fun that we're having here. So I have Ken Weeks, I have uh, Kelsey White uh, here in studio, and uh, we're talking about drones, and the company is Offshore UAS. And so uh, questions, if you have, give us a call, 850-623-1330. I'm Greg Penglis, and this is the Action Radio Hour on 1330 WEBY. Now, I found it interesting that we are here <laughs> learning to fly. It's <laughs> a perfect song from the Foo Fighters. Uh, so we have, we, great. we have the best people working here. It's just amazing what's going on. 819 here on Action Radio with Greg Penglis, 1330 WEBY, Northwest Florida's Talk Radio. I've already shared one uh, video to uh, the WEBY Facebook page so you can see what's going on. I've got Kelsey White, our, our ace photographer here, and... Uh, an expert on the on the camera work is already uh, making uh, videos for us. We have uh, Kevin, uh, excuse me, Ken uh, Weeks is our our drone expert who is, is doing all kinds of stuff. And we got let me see if, it's, if it's, I think it's already come up on the page. So we're we're completely interactive here. We're living in a technology world, and so everything has to be completely. Yes, yeah, see there it is. It's already there. We're good. We are live. We are live. Things are <laughs> happening. So in fact, you're you're uh, you're live in another spot. So I'm going to get that one going as well. So. So is this thing... It should be on. Uh, hopefully this one's working. It is on. Is it warming up, or what's it doing? Oh, no. That, that, actually, the fan is cooling it off. It runs very, very hot. There's a lot of computer going on inside. Now, this, is right part now. I, this is the part I had no <laughs> idea about, because I thought these were just... You know, you had... Because people who did radio-controlled airplanes years and years ago, or even now, mm-hmm. you've got like a, a little radio-controlled server, servo that, that works the controls, and that's about it. But yeah. now, these things are basically computers... Mm-hmm. With propellers attached. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, yeah it's so a big it's change from from the RCs uh, that we're used to seeing to to what we have now. How did that evolve? Well, uh, the RCs, um, you know, they've been around radio controlled, right? Radio controlled, yeah. Okay. RC. They've been around since oh goodness, the 1912s. I mean, the teens really. They've been around for a long, long time. In fact, okay. Some of the very first uh, drones ever built were uh, they were right 
<laughs> drones. The Wright brothers, uh, Curtis Wright. Wright brothers built drones. Uh, uh, Dayton Wright uh, Company. Oh, okay. Uh, you know, way back when. Yeah. Uh, they were some of the uh, first um, drone makers. There's a few uh, options that they had. They had radio-controlled airplanes? They did. They really did. It, Seriously? Way back in the early aviation days. Mm-hmm. They sure did. Now, why didn't that advance then? Were they just too big? They didn't have the... Well, honestly, a lot of it was just kept with the military. The military just bought it up. A lot of the militaries over the... Over the world, they they okay. love this this technology. And of yeah. course, if well, it saves soldiers' it. lives. It does. You know, it if does. you don't, if you if you want to gather intelligence, mm-hmm. you know, if someone shoots down a drone, we've got you know probably six in the back cabinet. We just drag out the next yeah. one. Put, <laughs> exactly. You know, you know, plug it in. You know, authenticate or whatever you have to do to to get it going. That's right. And then away it goes. But if you lose a soldier, we don't want to lose soldiers. You know, no. so anything that can be done electronically like this is just so totally different. And now mm-hmm. we have attack drones, and the military has gone crazy with them. You yeah. know, but what's what's interesting is the transfer of the drone from the military applications we're more familiar with mm-hmm. to the civilian ones. And Absolutely. that's where I think it's interesting. Mm-hmm. So what's 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 how's that transfer work? Well, a lot of the stuff the military has, and of course they've got the best stuff. Um, well, they got the money. They got the money, and yeah. they got the, they have the need too. So they, they got do. the money and they got the need. They so. absolutely do. And right. a lot of their um, their reconnaissance, their missions that they go out when they're in the field testing this equipment, okay. and they can come back to the states and they start using this when they they get out of the military and they go back into the workforce. They're taking a lot of this this know how with them. Is there is there classified stuff that they can't take back? They have to wait for and, oh, and they I'm, do. I'm sure there's a little bit they can't. And so take so, it but they, but then they still there's a lot they can do. Oh sure, it's not classified. So mm-hmm. that information can come and, and be put directly to our, our, our corporations, and so the private economy can, can benefit from it. Absolutely. That's Absolutely. great. Wow. Um, looking at uh, the, you know, the cameras with infrared or zoom or facial recognition or Wait a minute. motion You've tracking. Got three so let's start with infrared. Then we'll <laughs> take these one at a time. So sure. infra- what would infrared technology be good for? So, so infrared, uh, there's a, a dozen different reasons. The, the firemen. They can use it when they're outside of a fire. Can they find like a body heat of a person well, with infrared camera? It, they could. <clears throat> they could. Uh, if the house was on fire, it, it might be a little bit different. Okay, you know, so now you've got they got all these different heat signatures. Right. But what the fire patrol can do is they can circle the house and find where the hottest part of the fire is. Okay. And then they can uh, allocate resources to that part okay. to put the fire out quicker. Are there things that drones could do in terms of getting... Maybe like a small oxygen mask or, mm-hmm. or emergency Absolutely. water, or someone. If, if say there's someone that can't be reached in a building, you yep. know they might be able to get them that mask that could give them, you know, ten minutes more, or any or whatever Absolutely. it is, yep. and, until the fire folks can get to them. So you could be saving lives. They could just rip it right off the drone, throw that mask on, yep. you know. And is that happening now? Uh, yes, yes. I'll, okay. I'll, you know, short answer, yes. Uh, there's there's so many different things and experiments that people are doing with UAVs and drones. Okay. Um, have you ever heard of those those little fireballs, the extinguishers? They, no, what's that? So it's 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 about the size of a um, uh, like a small volleyball. Okay. And it's an extinguisher. Does it have chemicals in it? Or? It does have chemicals. And okay. What it's made to do is it essentially it explodes the oh. the the the, uh, the fire retardant all over the fire. Like a little charge in it like or something? Like a little charge in it, yeah. It, okay. it gets into the fire and, and explodes. When it explodes, it puts the fire out. Okay. Of course, this is a pretty small fire, like an engine fire. Of like a, like a single room kind of like thing? Like a single room. Okay. Um, but what, what people have been doing is they've been using drones to drop these now. Oh. So instead of taking a person and running in there and trying to use this. Now they can use a drone. In fact, some people have been using um, fire hoses on drones to get to the top floors of sky, skyscrapers. And so they can, So these are powerful drones, like the Very big one we have powerful. over here. Mm-hmm. So, so, so I'm going to see how much these things can lift in a bit. But you've got drones that can actually 
you know, carry a fire hose. Mm -hmm. And so they can direct, they're actually flying the end of the fire hose so they can bring it down, up, all around. They can probably fly into the building with the, with the drone, correct? Well, or maybe not yet. Well, they can get the hose in there. Okay. They can get the hose in there. That's and, what I mean. And that's part of that development is that they're coming into this, this new technology. It's very, very neat. Yeah. Wow. It's, it's neat to see what, what you can do and, and help, really. Uh, you can help with, they have uh, seeding, uh, tree seeding. What's that? Uh, it's where, uh, so you, you, you know, replantation of forests. Right. Well, they have drones now that are much like, uh, like your, your, your paintball guns. Oh, well, there's there. Yeah, they're, they're using there's a sport here. We <laughs> could we could do drone wars. We could do we could. Are they doing that yet? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They're doing it. Yeah. Just mm -hmm. like paintball on guns, you know, yeah. paintball guns on drones. Oh, come on. Think about it. Legally. <laughs> All right. Here's what, here's what I want you to do. Okay. So I got this is a brilliant business idea. It's only between us. Okay. 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 And everybody who's listening. All right. Sure. Sure. But think about this. If you had like drone, you know, fights. We could have like paintball things, and, and you could like you could like spray the other person. You know, have the disposable <laughs> drones, okay? So this yep. would be like the cheaper ones. They get up there, you, you'd be like in a football field, and you, your drones would face off, and they could dogfight up and around and see who could <laughs> who could spray spray the other person yep. with, with like these harmless paintballs yep. that had a range of what twenty feet. You know, something oh, like, yeah. you know, something really close by. This could be a whole new sport. <laughs> we we could <laughs> be the first time any paintballers ever asked for. Uh, Air reinforcements. Exactly. <laughs> bring, in the, bring in the air cavalry. That's right. Actually, drones would, would, would be cheating with paintball because, you know, you could I find know, where, the, where the enemy is and things oh, like that. Oh, absolutely. I like my idea of, of drone paintball wars, you know, because <laughs> they, they have simulated air combat for, uh, like, Air Combat USA. You hop mm -hmm. up and you fly out on these things, and they have, like, the, the gun sights and the laser. It's like laser tag in the air. Oh, yeah. And the smoke yep. goes off. Absolutely. But we could be, be a lot less expensive just to do drone wars. <laughs> I'm creating a whole new business right here, which I think is, is kind of fascinating. Okay, so... We've got a few minutes left before the news. You not only do this for customers, you actually train companies. Sure do. How yep. does that work? Uh, so we have a curriculum uh, that's uh, essentially it's from the USI, Unmanned Safety Institute, okay. and I'm a certified instructor. Okay. And we teach companies. Who uh, teaches you to be a certified instructor? Uh, well, so they do. They, they're uh, USI Unmanned Safety Institute. They have their own group. Put, they have their own group. Okay. Mm -hmm. Are they FAA affiliated or anything? Or? Uh, they are. They're okay. actually uh, partnered with the FAA in their FAST program as well as a few of their other programs to uh, kind of initiate this, this big drone movement. Okay. Uh, it's a way for uh, people to learn what, what the, the skills are, what the safety is, Without just jumping out there and, and, and getting, because as we talked about, yeah, we're pilots. This is in the airspace, you know. So well, that's always been my concern. We're going to take this up when we come back too. But you know, I was thinking if everybody wants to do this, and especially when we get into personal drones that we can fly ourselves, mm -hmm. we're, those of us that are pilots that work hard enough to get these certificates know that it takes a lot of work. Absolutely. And we've earned it, but we know how to work within the system, mm -hmm. and the system's getting more complicated. Oh, yeah. You know, 50, 60, 70 years ago, when people were flying, you know, they had the farmer, you had your Aronka champ or your Piper cub <laughs> in your field. You didn't contact air traffic control. You flew from your farm to Fred's farm next door, yeah. and you Put hung out and you had fun. And you went on. you right. know, you kicked the tires. It's basically like your family car. You just hop mm -hmm. in and go. And so that's, that's kind of what drones started off as recently. But uh, as airspace gets more complex, especially if they start delivering packages by drone. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, they will. Know, they will. So that's coming. It's coming, yeah. So, so Amazon drone? Amazon drone. Yeah. Or something like that. <laughs> yeah. I like the Amazon. You, yeah, you guys can use that, okay? You heard it here first. But, um, but yeah, this is going to be fascinating um, to see how this works out. So, uh, 
So how are they going to regulate? Oh, well, let's get back to the education. Tell me about the education process. Sure. I'm doing too many subjects no, no, at okay. once. So, so we have we you know it's a few day course, you know three okay. four day. It, of course, we tailor this to each company. Okay. And what we do is we we get them up to speed on how they can uh, fly safely okay. in the national airspace specific to their company and their company needs. Okay. And that's what we below do. certain altitudes, away below, from certain areas, absolutely. All those restrictions. Not over people. Um, you know, you can't carry certain you know certain weight. Okay. You have to under a certain weight, um, distances, you know, be, you know, beyond visual line of sight type of stuff. Okay. Flying at night is kind of a no-no unless you have a waiver. Yeah, I don't want drones flying at night. You, you know, a lot First of all, you lose, you lose track of them. <laughs> but here's the thing, too. Now, if this is all, it, the way it's computerized, can you have like a, like a GPS map that will tell you exactly where your drone is? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. A right. lot of these drones do. In fact, most drones that you see flying around have... Uh, an, an iPad or, or a tablet connection that uh, the the operator can see exactly where that aircraft is uh, whenever at all That's times. Great. We got news coming up here. This is fascinating. Ken Weeks is uh, talking about his company Offshore UAS, and we're going to find out all kinds of things about drones. Feel free to call in eight five zero six two three thirteen thirty. That's eight five zero six two three thirteen thirty. Teresa White is there on the camera getting us Facebook Live, and so we have uh, more and more things to talk about, and we'll be back after the news. Setting up now. <laughs> what, do you, what do you got there? You got more a little, ha- little handheld gimbal. Okay. This one's got a camera on it. This is interesting. 834 here on uh, Action Radio with Greg Penglis. 1330 WEBY, Northwest Florida's talk radio. Phone number to call in, 850-623-1330, 850-623-1330. So anybody that has a, has a business or if you're working for a government agency or, or a corporation or, or just a private use, if you're curious about how these things work, then please feel free. Give us a shout here. So the company is Offshore UAS. And we're going to have all the information on the WEBY page. Why don't you give the contact information right now so people, if they want to... Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you can find us on uh, Facebook, uh, Offshore UAS. Okay. Uh, OffshoreUAS.com is our website. Uh, of course, our phone number, 850-972-8122. Okay. You can give us a call anytime. Uh, and, yeah, we, we teach. Uh, we build. Uh, you we, build drones? We build drones. In fact, the, this, uh, the larger one uh, oh, over there, Yep. the large one over there, we built that one. Uh, we built that. Uh, it was How do you build the drone? <laughs> slowly, very slowly. No, seriously. What, no, no. <laughs> so, tell me about that one because that one's huge. I mean, this, this thing looks like its own. It looks like something out of Deep Space Nine. So we have this very large contraption here. Oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah. What does it do? So, so this one here. This is a. It's a heavy lift, or what we call heavy lift. How much can it lift? Uh, it, well, heavy lift only lifts about ten pounds. Well, it's still. I mean, you got little but propellers pretty, pushing it, air. I don't expect it to lift. <laughs> you know, I mean, a whole lot. But I mean, it's ten pounds. That's for. It's not bad. It's not, not bad. bad. So what this one does specifically? Now this one has, uh, it has four arms, eight motors, two batteries, and I've got two cameras on there. One is a zoom, and one is an infrared, and both of them are on a gimbal that spins completely around. And and this one we use a lot of this one is for search and rescue. This is our uh, our first responder type of aircraft. How far can it go? Uh, where, where can you send this? 
What's the range well, on this? Technically, thing? I can send it about as far as I'd like to send it. <laughs> but well, I mean, the, the, but you're, you can send it out of sight. This is why you sure. have to have things on the computer screen Absolutely. to know where it is. Mm-hmm. But you don't know whether there are other drones out there and they're going to like bump into each other. Exactly. So that exactly. hasn't been worked out yet, has it? It has not. No, okay. the FAA is working on that right now okay. to, to bring everybody on the same system so, so you can see other drones, other drones and other aircraft so that... Everybody knows where everybody is at the same time. So there's going to be a computer program that'll have mm-hmm. like a real time map, and it'll show your drone. Absolutely, it's just it'd be like an air traffic controller screen. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, pretty much be, right. Yeah, same yeah, technology. It look just like that. Okay. Um, and you'll be able to have it on your own iPad or, or tablet, and you can see everyone else where they're flying. You just see somebody hacking into this, doing nasty stuff. <laughs> you have, is there security that goes along with this? Hopefully, oh. asked us if if they could have secure signals, uh, video signals. Okay. Because they don't want things that they're viewing to just get out there. But so if, if a company's paying for a service, they're paying for a drone to mm-hmm. do something, they don't want somebody to, to, it's like somebody stealing your cable TV. You know, well, they, don't, exactly. they don't want their signals lifted you know, from, from all the work they're doing. That's right. That's okay, right. so they can safeguard that? Yes, yes, they can safeguard okay. that. Um, there's, uh, you know, there are, some people talk about the, the dangers of being hacked or having a drone that gets hacked. And yes, that is a possibility. You know, thinking, you know also, it's like terrorism. You know, could terrorists use drones for really awful stuff? Sure, absolutely. How would we stop them? A, a couple a couple ways, and I'm glad you asked. Without giving away classified information? <laughs> sure. How do you stop a drone? Um, there, there's a couple ways. I've, I've seen there are eagles, trained eagles, that'll fly out and grab it. Like real live like, eagles, like, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, like, like bald like, eagles like, that like, sit on your like shoulder and yeah. squawk and, and, <laughs> yeah. and grab fish out of the Blackwater River mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Real eagles. I've heard about this. Mm-hmm. So, so you're actually training eagles to attack drones. Eagle, yep. Knowing oh, eagles, they probably love it. I mean, it must be like sports oh, for them. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I so mean, tell me, how does that work? Uh, so, well, you know, you take your basic falconer, and <laughs> you just They'd be an few, eagler, though, an wouldn't eagler, they? Yeah, an okay, eagler. Right. Falcons would only go after the small ones. Uh, yes, actually, that one, the one back here. Okay. Uh, this is a DJI Phantom. Uh, that's a Phantom 2, and that's kind of your, your generic drone that a lot of people see out there now. Okay. And the Eagles and Falcons are flying after that one. What? Now, the big one is a little more difficult. Something like that, to stop a drone, that's where you have ra- uh, signal jamming. Okay. Frequency jamming, stuff like that is what you'd want to use to keep things away. Can you build like an attack drone? I mean, you know that paintball thing we were talking mm-hmm. about earlier? What mm-hmm. if you have something a little bit more lethal, like a signal jamming or, or some kind, not a projectile, but uh, maybe like a net, <laughs> you know, yeah, drop a net, net on yeah, top absolutely. of them, oh, you know, oh, yeah. mess with the props. I mean, all these things, you know, I mean, my mind goes really fast. All these things are coming to mind right now. As I'm looking at this thing, going, you know, this is this is like Star Wars here. There's a ton of stuff for these. I mean, they, okay. these things. Um, I've I've spoken with a few uh, forestry departments, okay, um, rangers who are trying to they're trying to put uh, uh, AEDs on these the the defibrillators on a drone on the drone for like remote like logging crews things yeah, like exactly. that or or anybody so, who or mm-hmm. lab scientists people who are out in so, the bush. somebody's in the field exactly. right okay. a hiker okay. a tourist even who's you know somewhere who hasn't been here who gets lost in the field and who says i have my phone and but I'm do like, they have service do the, is there cell phone service in these areas more often than not there is even, it, so there so cell phones again through remote areas yeah. yeah okay are cell phone technology useful with drones at all Oh, yeah, tremendous. How, 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 what, how do they interact? In fact, most of the drones that are coming out now have uh, software to go directly to your phone. Like an app? Like an app, okay. absolutely. Okay. Most, most drones come with apps now that, uh, in fact, the, the larger one, even though we built that one, right. we can run that off of uh, the phone or laptop. 
It's amazing the capacity that we have to do things that people didn't dream of before. I'm looking at this oh, thing, tremendous. and I'm seeing like these eight motors. And so, these, so you have to actually coordinate eight motors through a computer through your your board that you had earlier, it's, and it looked had the two joysticks, mm-hmm. you know, that you have for these to use for airplanes. Do you have one of those where you can? Yeah, yeah. Uh, let me grab one. Here. I think it's right behind you here. Uh, that one? Yeah, here's one. Let me see. Let me so that's this. a that's the new one. That's for the Mavic. Now that's very compact. This is like hand. Where this is hand size. This is it. This is this is a controlled drone with this tiny little thing in my hand here. So left uh, joysticks for. Uh, so this is your uh, throttle. So that's your altitude. You go straight up, and this is your uh, left and right. That, yep, that's your jaw. Okay, Left. so if I leave it in the center, it will hover? Yes. By itself? It brings back, correct. Okay, so you don't have to, you're not consciously flying these things. You can just, mm-hmm. so if, if you goofy, you can just let it hover for a while and go, what do I want to do now? <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah, you can get into the situation where you're flying around and you're getting close to something and you say, oh, I don't know what I'm doing, and you just let go, Okay. and it'll stop it'll, itself. It'll hover. Mm-hmm. Okay, so then you can like lower it down a little bit, and mm-hmm. then a little bit more, and then you can raise yep. it up a little bit. Okay. Yep. I'm, ta- I'm doing this as I'm talking about it. So what's my right joystick? Uh, right joystick, is that's going to be your your roll, essentially. Oh. Uh, so you're going to be able to uh, sidestep to the left or to the right. And so why do forward. I need to... So left and right on the left side is what? That's your, that's your y'all. Now you're, you're, you're rotating in a single... So you're actually rotating the, the drone around. So like if you had like a, a bar through the center of it, it would be pivoting in a circle around that. Correct. Okay, I'm trying to describe so this. So your, your left, if there... Oh, that okay. So that. it actually rotates around mm-hmm. the, the axis, the center axis. But the the left uh, right on the right side actually turns it. Correct. Okay. So you, you're going to go. That's your forward and back, and then left and right. 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 Yeah, correct. Okay. Who came up with the idea to put four propellers on these things? <laughs> you know, it, it, it's been a it's been a lot of ideas. I mean, it, uh, clearly this started from helicopters. You know, a lot of it did. Yeah, I mean, that's and, what it looks like. And then from there, they decided to looks like a double Osprey. You know, when you have the, yeah. the two propellers. Absolutely. So. Which leads to the well. Tell me, listen. I should actually let a question be answered before I ask the next one. So, so for for the so, how did this come about? Okay, so so the the four propellers. What it does, the they counter each other's torque. Essentially, is what's happening. Okay. You know, you got that that torque or how the the. So three propellers wouldn't work. Five is superfluous. Yes. Three could work, but then you have to tilt one of those rotors okay. to be your, your 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 commanding rotor essentially. And two's not enough, and even then, though an Osprey <laughs> does it. Now, yeah, an Osprey does it. You can do it with an Osprey, but I will say about the Osprey, uh, they have better technology than we do. Well, of course, because <laughs> they're better technology. Multi-billion-dollar <laughs> flight program, <laughs> and this is we, we want anybody. Yeah. Anybody if I had an R&D use. facility like theirs, yeah, I'd have two as well. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, okay. So, but four seems to be the basic unit where you can control. Mm-hmm. You can turn it in a circle. You can hold it hovering, and you can still pivot around 360 degrees. Mm-hmm. You can go left, you can go right, you can go up and down, you can slide, you can do all these different things. So that makes sense. Absolutely. Okay. And now, now, the four, this one here, the quad, right. if one of these engines goes out, this thing will fall to the ground. It cannot save itself. It cannot fly oh. under three propeller power. It can't do it. Now, this large one over here with the eight motors, that's different. I can lose a motor in that, and nothing happens. It will stay just as still as it so was the, before. The, the companion motor on that arm would just go twice as fast? Exactly. Uh, It'll compensate okay. for that loss of lift. Yep. So you've got eight independent motors. You've got, you got four arms, eight independent motors, one above, one below. Mm-hmm. and They're electric? They are. So they're battery-powered. So how long, how long of a charge can, can these last? 
now I'm glad you asked. This is the great part of the conversation. <laughs> so well, the, don't forget to tell me things that you th- you want oh, me to know. I mean, don't leave it to me to ask all the questions. I'll well, just I'm gonna keep give your it all to you. So okay. The the batteries we have on now, um, these are uh, lithium ion. Uh, oh, like a hybrid, or, or what is it like? Uh, yeah, a, like a, like like a your, Tesla, like your cell phone. Yeah, exactly. Okay. <laughs> and these batteries, uh, there's a 10,000 milliamps. We get say that uh, again. 10,000 milliamps. What's that mean in English? Uh, <laughs> How powerful is that? Both of them milliamps. Milliamps. So, so I know what an amp is. You know, it's ten amps. Okay. So it's two ten amp batter- batteries. Okay. And they are ten thousand milliamps. Listen to this guy. Milliamps. Yeah. Okay. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's bringing too much uh, drone into here. Okay. <laughs> drone talk. So these these two batteries here, um, we can get just about thirty minutes. And thirty minutes to forty five is about what you're typically going to get under most battery powered aircraft. Okay. And how fast can these things go? Uh, you know, 35, 45. Okay. It is about, so in half an hour, you can cover some distance. You can cover some distance. Yeah, pretty yeah. quick with these. Now, there are race drones that go all the way up to 100. I've seen that. They plus. do, like, they have the, like bigger sports arenas. Mm-hmm. They go whipping around, and they fly through the doorways, and they go around the backside, and they <laughs> have to right. have the camera because they can't see them, yeah. and they're all, like, racing around. You know, this will replace Greyhound oh, racing. It makes, which are, it makes you sick watching it. Oh, they're amazing what they so do. You, you know, they're, they're whipping around, going through the tunnel. No, but, you know, we had a, one of the propositions on the, on the uh, Florida ballot is to get rid of Greyhound racing. I'm thinking, yeah, leave the dogs alone. <laughs> yep. Race drones. Yep. Yep. It's, it's safer. You're not going to have wear and tear on the animals. The animals can lead a normal life. Leave them alone. Absolutely. And we can get these things up and down and left and right. All, we can. And yeah, and that drone's not going to feel disappointment when it loses. Exactly. <laughs> so if your drone fails, you just put a bigger engine on it. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> this is what happens when you let me do a show with toys. It's okay. toys. Yep. This is what happens. All right, 846 here. Greg Fingless here. Action Radio Hour, 1330 WEBY, Northwest Florida's Talk Radio. The only action I can think of you can do is learn about drones, fly one, try it out, see how much fun this is, mm-hmm. and uh, call Ken and see if he can help you out. We'll, we'll, be, <laughs> we'll be right back. So is it like a drone theme song? <laughs> we'll danger on that. zone. Is there been danger zone? Yeah, drone zone. The drone zone. We need a song. We need something like that. But anyway, eight forty eight here. We don't have a whole lot of time left, so I'm surprised we haven't had a question. But uh, now's the time to ask. Eight five zero six two three thirteen thirty is the number here. Eight five zero six two three thirteen thirty. Again, Offshore UAS is the company. Uh, Ken Weeks is the person who's running all this stuff. Kelsey White is our photographer doing the. Uh, the videos that we'll be, we will be posting to uh, WEBY uh, Facebook page and my Action Radio Facebook page. So if I'm not here, I'm on the Action Radio Facebook page and, of course, our podcast on the Action Radio podcast page. And that's how you can keep track of all the things that we are doing. So any contact information you want to give again just to, so people can get in yeah, touch absolutely. with you? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they can find us on uh, Facebook, Offshore UAS. They can find me, Ken Weeks. Um, we are on uh, on the uh, internet, <laughs> on the interweb, yeah. uh, www.offshoreuas.com. Uh, and, of course, the phone number, 850-972-8122. And give us a call. Uh, help you out with anything you need. Um, but, yeah, we, we do all things uh, drone. We do a lot of integration, a lot mm-hmm. of the... You know, companies now. And of course, this is new. This is a lot of new technology. Yeah, and so you're kind of developing it as you go. Yeah, you know, absolutely, this, you know, absolutely. New things are happening all the time. Folks, folks are they're seeing it. They're they're seeing what they can do with it. Okay. And I think that's the biggest part. They're seeing they can use it. They can yep. use it safely. They can use it cheaply, and they can get a, you know, a dirty job or a dull job or a dangerous job 
Yeah. You can do it with one of these. Do you have examples of those that you can think of? Uh, changing the light bulb on the top of a cell tower. What? <laughs> you can do it with a drone? That's a pretty dangerous job. Yeah. But you can do it with a drone, absolutely. So do they have like little hands that come out? Yeah, and, like and a little, seriously? You can the little the, the machine that picks up the uh, stuffed animals, like the claw. <laughs> yeah. It's similar to that. Similar to that. And it, it carries the light bulb up and bulb like two hand, one hand unscrews like the old one and around. the new one, you know, then it's shifted over and it kind of gets the new. Oh, that's hysterical. <laughs> yeah. That is funny. Yeah. But I was just thinking, I mean, these are used and I mean, individuals can use them, corporations use corporations them. Corporations use them. Uh, but there's, so there's a lot more just, you know, I was thinking photography was the big use, but that's only part of what they use oh, for now. Photography is, is, a, is a very small sliver of the big picture of drones. What else? What, what, uh, what haven't we covered yet? Yeah, um, you mentioned oh, artificial intellligence. Artificial what, intelligence. How is that figuring into drones? So, so artificial intelligence, they're using a lot of these software to take the drones, take drone information, what they're using, okay. um, to develop better flight software, uh, to, uh, to, to create maps, to create um, uh, algorithms that help these things fly better okay. and also help us. So, so, for example, the drone for, the, let's say, the farmer. Okay. The farmer can take the drone, he can uh, map his field, he can find out where his field needs water, where it needs nitrogen, where it Can they measure water. like water content? Can they do Absolutely. with like infrared or, or, mm-hmm. or other technology? Yep, to, the multispectral uh, cameras, they can see okay. you know, different levels of... So there's, there's no end to the cameras that can be put on these things at, either. Exactly. So it's not just oh, taking a picture, okay. right. it's the sensor that you use on the drone. Okay. That's the important part. So yeah, there's, there's a, all kinds of things you can use. Wow. <laughs> yeah. This is fascinating. Yeah. So I'm, I'm just looking at this, trying to think of what else we've. Uh, try, um, but artificial intelligence, what. Are, are these things going to be able to think for themselves somehow? And to, to can, a, you, to can a you program in something? Actually, we have a caller here. Let's get to uh, uh, Hope here. Good morning, Hope. What's, uh, what can you add to our, our drone chat today? Um, I can completely see how the drones can be really useful for a lot of things. I personally don't want some poor guy calling up the cell tower just to change a light bulb, and I volunteer for a search and rescue organization. So oh, okay. the drones are really important, but your average person isn't doing something like that with them. And for somebody like me, I've already had trouble with a guy down the street using his drone to look at people's windows. That is a great point. What kind of point. protections do you have in place for people? I mean, and the police wouldn't do anything about it. Huh. I used it for a piñata that solves the problem. But... <laughs> <laughs> no, you actually, um, hang on a second, Hope. Let's see if we can get some ideas for you. So go ahead. Yeah, no, that's a great point. Absolutely. Uh, and, and Hope, thanks for calling. Um, I've, I've been uh, dealing with the, uh, the, the Milton Police and the San Jose County Sheriff's for, for a little while now, and they've let me know that they've had quite a bit of problems with people just randomly flying, taking possibly photos or videos. Yeah, or I never think like this because I don't think like a criminal. Most people you know, don't. You know, I don't assume that. So, Hope, did you try the various police agencies, and did you have any, uh, any luck yeah, with them? I lived out in the county, and the Escambia Sheriff's County said, well, we're not there. We can't get there in enough time to prove that it was him. Mm. Um, Is go th- talk to your neighbor. It's yeah. basically what I got told. Huh. I got one, hang on, Hope. I got one more thing I want to try and help you with. Is there any kind of tracking on these 
uh, like a GPS so that, and an IP address where people could look up where their drone flew. So in a case of Hope here, who's being a, basically a victim of, mm-hmm. of, of the peeper with the drone, yeah. okay, that she can go to the police station and say, okay, you know, we, this drone was flying at this time in this location. Can we look up an address and trace it back to an owner? Uh, so, yes, if, 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 the, if the aircraft falls in your yard or you're able to net the thing, mm-hmm. you know, swat it down and you can grab it, uh, it's supposed to have an FAA registration number on it. Oh. To which, yes, you can find the owner and then, then you can go. So we can't do it electronically, but, but, uh, but Hope, if you get yourself an eagle. You get yourself an eagle or a net. Or <laughs> Did net. you hear about we were talking about that earlier? Oh, yeah, I think that's awesome. And, and like I said, I totally understand where they're so hopeful. Yeah. I just kind of want to know, you know, if, if there's supposed to be an FAA registration number, I'll just take the pieces of it and take it. To the there you parents. go. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. There you so, go. And in fact, what, uh, I'm going to let you go now, but if you can call uh, Offshore UAS, talk to Ken. I'm sure he has more security measures in places that you can uh, get some relief from that because that, that's a horrible problem. I, do, I don't understand people that do that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Let's get, we only have a couple minutes. Everybody calls at the last minute. <laughs> David, you're on. Go ahead. Hey, y'all, let me ask a real quick question. I'll sure. get out of here. Uh, one, if I have, uh, I live out in the country. If somebody flies a drone over my property, do I have a right to shoot him down? Technically, no. Why not? Technically, no, because that aircraft, if, if it does have a registration, then it becomes an FAA-registered aircraft, and if you shoot it down, it's no different as if you shot a manned aircraft, and they will... They will charge you. So that's the department. Terrorism. That's FAA. Oh, terrorism you it, get charged it, with? They, they call it terrorism, yes. Wow. So well, The problem with that is uh, I have air rights up to a certain price, certain area, a certain level. And if, if uh, somebody's invading my air rights, it's the same as somebody invading my property. So where do the air rights begin? Or, From or the for, ground. How high do they go on a property? Well, I've heard 200 feet, but I'm not positive of that. Okay. So, so uh, as, as six inches, two inches. As soon as you leave the ground and you're in the airspace, you're technically you're FAA territory. So the minute a drone leaves the ground, you're an FAA. Absolutely, <sighs> yeah. Which is kind of the bummer because the FAA doesn't have a police force to go around and regulate this kind of stuff. Now, now, David, that doesn't mean you can't, you know, try to. We just we just talked about swatting one on you somebody's can, property. Absolutely, so you, so you can't shoot it down. But if it's close enough to like throw a net over it. But if it lands on your property or in a tree, or if you get your hands on it or something, you know, I, I've even tried a, maybe a fishing pole. <laughs> but okay, so we're in a gray area here, David. It, it, yeah, it's it, don't shoot it down. But if you can get, get it another way, then it looks like you're okay. You, you might be able to hang on. Sound good? Thanks. Bye. All right, there we go. All right, so that's that's very interesting. But yeah, and then, you know, this is something I, I never thought of. This whole area mm-hmm. uh, is there a drone? government agency where people can report these things? Uh, well, the FAA, really, that's all there is. The FAA, you can call the FAA. They have a website, and they have a, a toll-free number. They you have can, a division for drone complaints they, now? They do have a division for drones. Okay. I can't say it's a very big one. Um, so we may have to talk to our Congress folks mm-hmm. and see if we can increase this, because I don't want folks, you know, we got Hope and got David. we got two people that already have concerns. You know, over we got one peeper drone, we got uh, one that's invading this man's property, and mm-hmm. so you know this is going to be a problem. Um, so the good news Absolutely. is we all we talked about were the good uses because, like I say, you and I don't think about all the, the <laughs> well, nasty. We typically don't. Yeah, people do, you can do. All right, we only have uh, we have less than a minute left, so go ahead and, and tell us more about your company, how people get in touch, you know, all that kind of good stuff. Sure. Uh, again, it's uh, Offshore UAS. We're right here in Milton. Uh, we've been up about three years now. You can uh, call us with any questions about aircraft, drone. 
um, unmanned artificial intelligence, any of that stuff. We're, yeah, and who's know. victimizing you? From <laughs> <laughs> we'll cover all that stuff. That's too. Right. We have to go. Thank you so much, Ken. No so problem, we've got Greg. To, Appreciate it. We got Ken and uh, Kelsey here, and it's been really a fun show. So this is Greg Penglis, Action Radio, thirteen thirty WBY, Northwest Florida's Talk Radio. I'll be back again at eleven, and then back at Monday at six. 1330 WEBY, Milton, Pensacola, Gulf Breeze, Northwest Florida's Talk Radio. Wasn't that fun? <laughs> I really enjoyed that interview, so that was back again. Um, it was uh, June 22nd of 2018. So I got a message to Kenneth. Uh, I'm going to see if I can get him back on the show. And I don't think he'll be trying drones again because we're not in the same place. That was, that was the real fun uh, of WEBY. And that's the, probably the part I missed the most were the in-studio guests. And because we had people come in, we had uh, the the Pensacola, I think Christian Academy robots. You know, we had a robot fight in the in the studio. There was a drone flying around my head. I mean, all these different things were happening live. It was really exciting. It was really a good time. And that's the you know you can't do things quite the same way now. But also we reach a lot further too. So for we got a lot more callers at WBY because the only way to listen to it was live. I mean that was it. That was your only choice. And so that's why it was such a great thing to be able to uh, uh, to do that. Um, and, and just have these folks come in and, and just talk about stuff and, and just uh, get the, the immediate feedback. It was easier to write bills online because we had more callers. Most people still listen to this show by podcast. So you, I know you don't hear a lot of callers. It doesn't mean that there aren't a lot of people listening. The, the listenership is growing all the time. But again, because we cover so many time zones, we cover so much of the world, uh, it's a very different thing. Pancake's on the line, so I'll take him. Then it's going to take a little break for a couple minutes and then uh, come back with uh, with one more article before the end of the show. But, uh, Pianchi, did uh, did you learn everything you want to learn about drones? I mean, I love that show. Yeah, I kind of knew all that because I told you I was working on the F-107 certification. But, you know, anytime mm-hmm. you leave the ground, you're in FAA airspace, even if you're just a sixteenth of an inch above the ground. So that's how that works. And uh, a drone is, is uh, if it's not in a restricted zone, it can fly 400 feet off the ground or 400 feet off of the structure that it's uh, working with. So if it's a 30-story building mm-hmm. and that building is 1,000 feet, well, it can fly up to uh, 1,400 feet above the building. And huh. <clears throat> Well, yeah, didn't you know that? No. Well, I'm just finding it fascinating this poll of drones and what they can and can't do. What I, I and I, I, I suppose I knew about the the airspace and you know being a pilot, but uh, to me, you know, either the first uh, 800 or 1200 feet is uncontrolled airspace. So even though FAA designated, it, it, they're not controlling it. So I don't know what the, what the current regulations are in Part 107 for drones in terms of whether they're in controlled airspace or, or uncontrolled, unless the FAA is controlling all space downbound for, uh, for drones. I and mean, that put them in a different category. Just curious. Well, drones usually fly in, and I think that's the airspace G and E, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's in control. Well, they're so close to buildings, too. I mean, no airplane's going to be allowed to fly. See, the drones operate in an area where the airplanes generally don't. Because airplanes are bigger, faster, yeah, and require a lot more room. Space. Yeah, buildings are not going to be in the airspace. Yeah. So even if they was expecting a building, they can mm-hmm. fly. And like I said, the building is, is 30 story or the World Trade Center. They can fly 400 feet above the World Trade Center. Okay. That's what they have. 
So it's and, interesting. Uh, it's so you got 400 feet, feet above and 400, yeah. I believe it's 400 feet out away from it also. So they have that space. Huh. It's pretty so are there, so you know, just, uh, are there visibility requirements? Can they fly in instrument conditions? Because drones, you know, they don't care whether they can see or not. They don't need visual uh, stuff. And if you have uh, drones like we talked about yesterday, that can be visual sight. You know, can we have can drones fly in instrument conditions? I just just curious. You got be no, no. You got to be like 500 feet below clouds okay. and a thousand feet off to the side of in case a plane come through. This, uh, well, that's what I was wondering. Yeah. Okay. No, you can't fly in the clouds. But the lady was talking about peeping. Yeah. Well, she couldn't stop that because if they can go up 400 feet, and then they they have cameras now that can. You know that uh, can zoom in. She could be being watched, and she never would know it. So, well, I think with the neighbor down the, the street, there was, uh, if I remember the conversation from, from what I just heard, that was a neighbor. was probably an amateur. This wouldn't be law enforcement. This obviously is illegal. You know, whether you're peeping through somebody's windows yourself or with a drone and a camera, it's still or a telescope. It's still illegal. So all that stuff's illegal. It was just kind of interesting. Well, if, right. if, if you're not looking through a window, but if you're looking at somebody's yard, you don't necessarily have to be looking in their yard. The yard is just in view. Um, mm-hmm. You have um, drones that's up well, 10,000 feet, and they can look down into your yard. But uh, in the days and times we're living in, those just uh, liberties that you have to give up unless you don't mind being naked in your yard and somebody can be watching you. You know, playing well, somebody, will, <laughs> somebody will nick in the yard because somebody's watching them. I mean, you know, strange stuff going yeah. on out there. We're not going to we're not going to comment on that too much. Okay, all right. Um, let me take a quick break for a couple minutes, and I'll be right back. And then I have a, a medical article, uh, unless you have something you wanted to bring up from from earlier in the show. But I think you'll find this interesting, and it sort of counters a, uh, a whole string of things that I'm hearing. So let me just play this real quick, and I'll be right back. Take a quick break. Joe Biden's dark winter. No freedom, no liberty, no guns, no representation, no oil, no coal, no nuclear power, no space force, no constitution, no family gatherings, no vacations, just taxes, work, misery, masks, lockdowns, and ever more government. This is what will happen if you let Marxists steal the election. This has been a public service announcement of Action Radio, reminding you it's time to get off your butt and save your country. Action Radio, part of the ADHD Radio Network, the ultimate free speech zone. We the people give our consent to be governed through writing the laws by which we are governed and have the power through juries to nullify the laws by which we do not consent to be governed. At Action Radio, we don't report the news. We are the news. Every other show reports what has happened. We talk about what can happen. From the questions no one has thought to ask to the answers no one has thought to consider the actions no one has dared to take. That is Action Radio. 
So we're back. We got Pianchi here, and we got about 25 minutes left. And I've got a little bit of time. I'm going to read an article, and we can get a reaction. But uh, Pianchi, any other points of anything that we talked about? We covered a lot in the first hour and a half with uh, Cal when he called. So anything on your mind? No, I. Uh, you made reference of the choosing of the uh, <clears throat> Speaker of the House as showing mm-hmm. how it is a democratic process, which it, yeah. it is. It reminds me of what I've read about the proceedings that led up to the adoption of the Constitution. Hmm. The way it's yeah, I think it's Democrat. I think it's actually more of, of of what a republic would do. Well, democracy would do that too. Yeah, I guess it's a, it's still it's an element, but it, it's an element of freedom as opposed to the the the, the corporatization, the channeling, the uh, the the dictatorship of, of previous uh, speakers that would you know it was a it was in lockstep that uh, the majority party, everybody in the majority party voted for the person. For so they get their committee assignments. That's uh, somebody made that comment. I forgot which uh, one of the representatives yesterday uh, said that's how the Politburo, that's how the communists operate. That uh, the elections are always 99% for the victor, and uh, they decide, you know, years ahead of time who's going to be next in line, and they they all take their turns, and that, that's pretty much what the both parties were doing. Uh, this is great, uh, and the fact that 20, that 10 of the members. Uh, of the 20 that are voting against McCarthy are saying, we're not going to vote for McCarthy ever. So you might as well just give up now. Just don't take any of our votes. It's not going to work. We're not going to change our mind. We're not going to change our vote. And whatever McCarthy promises now is going to be out the window, you know, 30 seconds later anyway. It's like when Obama and, and, and Brandon take an oath uh, and take the oath of office for president. You know, they, they forgot it, you know, before the breath left their body, you know, with the final words. So it, it, it means nothing. Nobody trusts him. Nobody wants him there. You know, in fact, most of the people voting for him are, are only voting for him because they want their committee assignments. They want their they want to, you know their plum job, and they know that uh, you know the, the retribution for not voting for the person that wins is horrible. That's why the votes are so lopsided whenever it comes to a speaker vote. Until now, I mean, this is the best thing I've seen from the Republican Party. They're, they've almost uh, you know got their cojones back. This is kind of exciting. Yeah, and you see the Democrats playing the race card by. Uh... Uh, making mention of Jeffries uh, from where out of New York, the black uh, congressperson, I think, is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what they would say that the Republicans uh, did not want to uh, support a black for Speaker of the House. Uh, they just uh, don't what they usually do is uh, play the race card whenever they possibly yeah. can, can get away with it. They should have counted that. They could have said, well, when we elect uh, Clarence, maybe Clarence Thomas wants to be speaker for a while, or, or maybe uh, uh, Ben Carson, you know, wants to come. Be, no, what, uh, the, you know. what the Republicans did is they made mention of some person, some congressperson in Florida. Yeah. I can't think of his name. Byron he's Donald. Black. He is black. Yeah. yeah. Byron Donald. Donald. And see, that's exactly the wrong mm-hmm. thing to do. As soon as I saw him being nominated, because he's too young to be to be speaker. He hasn't been there long enough. He doesn't have enough experience. He doesn't know where all the bodies are buried, you know, literally and figuratively. <laughs> you know, but uh, there's well, no there's way that no he should be speaker. What's that? There's no age limit. limit no, but there, but there is, uh, you know, when I consider, you know, who's more qualified, I'd rather have somebody that has a decent amount of experience in the House because they have to know how the rules are played and how the rules are broken. And he's, he doesn't know all that stuff yet. He's too new there. Now, is he a decent uh, member of Congress? Yeah, absolutely. He's a great member of Congress. Uh, I see him speaking. He's a great speaker. He's very articulate. I've seen him on the news shows. Should he be speaker? No. They only chose him because he's black. So the racism that the, the Republicans are being accused of is actually generating racism because they're using race to combat you know, fake racism. 
and that's that's no reason to do it either. They should support. Well, you know, a speaker um, of the house don't have to be a congressperson. You know that, don't you? Well, I see. My, I support Devin Nunes. That's who I wanted for Congress. I think he he never well, said Congress. Let's get back to you. Let's get back to your other reason why come he should. So, if a, a speaker of a house does not have to be a congressperson, so mm-hmm. that kills that argument about experience, being that they don't know where all the dead bodies are. That's so, true, a that's person coming off the street. Yeah, a person coming off the street can be a speaker of a house. He don't have to never been in the uh, mm-hmm. right chamber, yeah. uh, the right side of the Capitol chamber at all. The right mm-hmm. side is the House of Representatives, left side of the Senate. Yeah, but the person I picked was Devin Nunes, who did experience. So Devin Nunes was the head of the Intelligence yeah, Committee. I mean, he'd be the perfect person to have been in Congress, to know all the rules and regulations, and know how he was completely slammed by all this nonsense. You know that uh, that the, that uh, Adam Schiff and the other liars and the Democrats threw up against him, uh, and he wouldn't he wouldn't have any lost influence. He wouldn't have any money like Kevin McCarthy does. He'd be great, and because he was independent, well, yeah, you know, he'd, be, he he'd be in a good position. But he would know where the bodies are but buried. The you know, demographic, kind of the demographic out there that the Republican needs to tap yeah. into, the way mm-hmm. the Democrats have used for so long, and that's blacks. Well, I mean, there's plenty of black Republicans. I mean, but you see, if the if the Republicans don't believe that uh, you know we're we're a racist society, if they don't believe in affirmative action, if they don't believe in quotas and preferences, and they don't believe in categorizing categorizing everybody by race, then they should not be reacting to the Democrats, uh, you know, political racist accusations. And, and a political racist accusation is one that you you accuse somebody of racism to bring about a political result. It's a guilt of manipulation. But it it's a psychological affirmative action because uh, John Danford uh, carried uh, Clarence Thomas when he was going through the, the nomination oh, uh, process. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, but uh, but so, the thing yeah. is, if you, if you believe in your if you believe in in what you, you know that um, that race is being used to manipulate politically, then the Republicans have just been manipulated politically by appointing Byron Donald. I mean, they're trying to say, look, we like black people. You know, we want one for speaker. That's a bunch of nonsense. You want the best person to do it, regardless of, of, of the skin color or sex. It doesn't matter. So who be, so the best person I think would be, you know, Devin Nunes. The next best person would probably, um, I'm trying to think who would be, be, I don't really know anybody in the house. I don't like, I want, Jim Jordan to do what he does best, which is investigate. So I'm trying to think who the strongest person in the House would be that would be um, – Gates would be good. Gates would be a good speaker, but he's a better investigator too. Uh, Lauren Boebert might make an interesting speaker, but she's too new. So these yeah, folks are going to around for a while. You're going to have to – the Republicans are going to have to go into the non-white part uh, demographics in the country because that's where – you've got a upsurge in the population. And okay. I'm sure it wouldn't go past, a, a go to a Asian before they go to a black. That yeah, would see, I don't, a lot I don't vote. Percent. I don't think most Americans do. I mean, well, you know, do I drive around being white every day? You remember what, right. see, that's you. That's why right. you're not in Congress. But let me say this. <laughs> no, that's probably true. In the eight, in, coming out of the 1800s, blacks was, Republican. I think right. in uh, 1875, I believe around that time, the Republican Party was very conducive to black, but they would not buy on into an anti-lynching bill. And sooner or later, sooner or later, sooner or later, after president, after president, they mm-hmm. started moving away, or should I say, blacks started moving away from 
So there's right. plenty of history there where it has been played out that way. Mm-hmm. But no, I think that uh, they should do whatever they can in order to make inroads into that this demographic, especially the conservative side of that demographic, because uh, they already uh, favor you, but uh, that would be a very good uh, welcoming if they would uh, look at things that way. Okay, well, if you want to do that, then, uh, you know, Devin Nunez answers that again. He's Hispanic, you know. A marginalized yeah, minority. He's not black. There's a difference between blacks and But it doesn't have to be black, though. See, this is where I, this is where I challenge you. You know, uh, black population in this country is like 13%. You know, it's an important demographic, yeah, but it's not huge. They've been around a lot longer than Hispanics. Oh, I would question that, but that's, I'm not, I'm not an expert in Hispanic history. I don't know the Hispanics history. that were slaves. Well, but how many, how many people living in this country of Hispanic origin you know, were, had been here, you know, for Florida conquistadors from the whole bit. But they don't fit the the litmus test. (laughs) They haven't been there four years and slave is what the, uh, that's what the Democrats would say. Mm -hmm. Well, I don't care what the Democrats say, but why wouldn't we go to, well, let's take people that, let's take the Creek tribe, for example, which came from, you know, Mexico, Yucatan and, and various other places. So there's a lot of South American native folks that became American native folks. You know, they were here a long time before Creek Hispanics were slaves, black. Creek they had slaves, too. Yeah, they did. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, what I'm saying is is I yeah, think there's, there's more to this there. argument. I don't. See, I, don't, I hate – I just disagree with you on this. I just hate – You know what happened in 1979 and 1982? The Creeks and the Choctaw kicked blacks out of their tribes. Well, that's interesting. Yeah, so, you know, those things that I bring up, you, you're not experienced – haven't experienced those. That's why I come to the, well. You, you know, haven't experienced slavery. That's a, I mean, you haven't experienced slavery. Were you ever a slave? See, I mean, a, we talk about the things that we know that no, that but I know can the know. argument. What's that? I know the argument. Well, I know I've the argument too. Uh, yeah, I've experienced the things that uh, a lot of people are hollering at today. But what I'm saying is that uh, I know what, what uh, the crowd, the blacks say about the Republican Party mm-hmm. and what the Republican Party needs to do is reach out to that uh, demographic and try to make as much headway with them as they possibly can. Well, like, I, th- I think that's, that's already like been done. Not to get that's been done. You've got a lot of black uh, members of Congress. You have you know black uh, folks in the Trump uh, administration. You've got um, I don't know if we have any black governors. The only person think, but... Trump had in his administration that stood out was Ben Carson. Huh. Okay. Well, I mean, you know, it's a valid point. I just uh, I, I still am going to hold to the fact that uh, you know I don't like the idea of, of catering to the Democrats of playing their game. And so, you know, if you take the, the I don't know what the what the racial break, you know, racial breakdown of the country is. But you I don't, don't have to think... play the game. You have to do the things that would yeah. be considered by a large demographic here in the country as being the right thing to do. Yeah, yeah. So, but but, but I still, you know, I don't know. I, and I haven't really done a serious study of this, but I'd be very curious as to how much you know skin color actually influences people. You know, if I see a great leader, I don't care what they look like. I, mean, I really don't. I mean, how did Fujimori get to be uh, president of Argentina? He's Japanese. Well, <laughs> you know, not in, in, in ancestry. We're not in Argentina. We, you know, you want yeah. to talk about Argentina. Blacks have virtually disappeared in Argentina. Well, that's interesting. There used to be a large population in Argentina. And because the, of 
what we call here racism and so forth, blacks have just about disappeared out of Argentina. How? Did they move? Did they, you know, stop no, having kids? Policy, what, what happened? Okay. Through policies, miscegenation policies, and so on and so on. You see the same thing in uh, Brazil. Uh, in Brazil, when you look at the news, you don't see any black newscasters and black uh, sportscasters and so forth, even though huh. the second largest population of blacks on the planet actually were in Brazil, out of Africa. I remember that. That's, uh, that's, that's quite interesting. I'm not sure. I, you know, it's a good point. Oh, it'll be very interesting. Well, if they want to win, right? If they want to win, they need to uh, pay attention. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, like I say, I I I don't like to play that game. But one thing I should do that you can help me with is it'd be I sh- I need to learn more about African countries where you have a black population, black government, black leadership. You know how how do they work function where where black is the normal? You know, I think that'd be an interesting thing to to learn about for us here. You know, because here they the majority like population is still white. Big pardon? They function like human beings. Well, yeah, I know that. You but know, I'm just saying, what's, uh... of the ten richest blacks on in the in the world, mm-hmm. I think six of them come out of Nigeria. I'm not sure. Mm. It's about six. You got one in Nigeria that's richer than all the black billionaires mm-hmm. in the country, including uh, Oprah, Robert mm. Smith. But you said yourself, though, that that folks from Nigeria, you know, they're doing – the immigrants are doing extremely well um, and that uh, there's a difference between, you know, an African African and an African-American. You know, in other words, people from Nigeria who are are new to the country, either they're off the boat like me or they're first generation or whatever, you know, it's a a different consideration than – you know, American black and African black. They are very, you know, it's, it's, they're it's very two totally smart. different people. They even have a higher academic achievement than even whites and Asians. Okay, so so what? So in other words, so when you say catering to the black population, there's a black immigrant population that's very different than the 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 black uh, native born population. You got two different populations there, really just in the same way that um, you know Europeans that come here. Uh, I don't know, pick a country. Uh, Italians, <laughs> you know, came here and did pretty well and. You know, the French came here, and everybody's come here at some point. But uh, people that get here, you know, from Europe, uh, oh, we have a bunch of Australians in, in the media. Yeah, just a lot of British guys, too. What's that guy on um, the, the business reporter from uh, from Fox Business? I forgot his name. Anyway, so there's a lot of folks here. You know, they're not, they're, you know, not, they're not the same as native-born Americans, and yet they're all white. No, they're not. When you look at the uh, black male population, your Ivory League school, your Harvard, mm-hmm. Yale, and and so uh, 40% of, of them, which is practically all of them, are from African countries like Nigeria. Yeah. 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 So that's the real question. Well, that's just the way it is. No, that's I understand. That's the way it, it is. is. But it's, a, it's, a, it's an interesting the question. Water flow downhill. Uh, you put your uh, turbines yeah. downhill. You don't put them up on the other side. So the last question before I get to my article, do Republicans, should they be more um, uh, working with Black Americans or immigrant uh, black folks, or how, or are they different or the same, or how, how do you think the Republicans should handle this? If Republicans should work toward the black Americans that are okay. conservatives, that uh, probably the twenty some odd percent that voted for Richard Nixon back in the day, and uh, that way they would uh, 
be doing something on an honest standpoint because the people will want to come to them rather than what we see the Democrats. Yeah, this should do more and like course, Thomas Sowell and Shelby Steele and some of the other uh, uh, black writers, philosophers, political analysts, commentators, things like that. That would be good. Okay, let me hold you up. Uh, let me get to this. Uh, okay, you got, next, you got another story to get to it. I do. Well, thank you very much. Uh, anyway, so one of the folks I want to get on the show is Jeff Childers, and Jeff Childers is an attorney. Uh, he was – I met him at the very first uh, Pensacola Medical Freedom Rally that Dr. Deborah Viglione put on, and so he puts out a regular Substack uh, newsletter, and again, I'm still trying to write for Substack. I'll probably get started hopefully this weekend, um, but his is Coffee and COVID, so coffee as in you know coffee and COVID uh, 2022. And so he's got to something that, uh, that Bill raised yesterday that I've seen in the news. It's uh, Camotio. It's this, it's this rare heart, you know, ailment or rare heart uh, ailment, fatal condition, where if you're struck in just the right way, uh, it stops your heart. It reminds me of the, uh, uh, the, the five-finger death touch, you know, from Kill Bill. It, it seems like that kind of thing, all right? Uh, it's extremely rare. Anyway, so he had a comment on this, and because a lot of folks, uh, like I said, Bill made the argument, and, some other, and I've heard it on the media too, that, well, this is a rare heart condition. It's, it's got nothing to do with the vaccine. Well, of course, I think that's a bunch of nonsense. I think it has everything to do with the vaccine. I call it a vax attack. That's my new word. Anyway, let me read this article, and it's just a, it's, it's not too long. And then, of course, Bianchi's still here. If he has a comment on it in the end, then I'll see if I can kind of sum it up. And we'll be done for today. Today's been great. This has been a really fun show to do. All right. So he says, this is Jeff Childers, he says, DeMar Hamlin is still in the hospital, still unconscious, and the, and the wary officials involved in his case have shut up. Yesterday, we learned a few things. Let me get the date on this. So that I think it's from yesterday, uh, January 4th. So this is yesterday, just to get the timeline. He says, yesterday, we, been the third. He says, yesterday, we learned a few things. First, Hamlin coded again at the hospital. Next, it's now pretty well established that Hamlin was jabbed, in other words, got the vaccine, since his team publicly about being 100% vaccinated. Well, that's interesting. We also learned Hamlin was given nine minutes of CPR in the field, including defibrillation. That's the, the jumpstart your heart thing with the electronic stuff. This is the last thing we heard was that the unfortunate NFL player has now been attached to, uh, attached to ECMO. I'm not sure what that is. According to Wikipedia, ECMO, here we go, is used to give, quote, prolonged cardiac and respiratory support to persons whose heart and lungs were, are unable to, to provide an adequate amount of gas exchange or perfusion to sustain life. So gas exchange, that's what happens when you breathe in oxygen and it gets in your bloodstream. That's, the, that's what your lungs are for. So the lungs have a membrane, they absorb the oxygen, they transfer it to the blood, and that's how you live. That's the gas exchange. That's what they're talking about. Anyway, so it says the machine works via a blood tube inserted into the heart, which drives the blood out, artificially oxygenates the blood and then pumps it back in with a second tube. So this is way more than a ventilator, folks. This is, this is pretty sophisticated stuff. It says this technique is often used when ventilation alone cannot sustain blood oxygenation levels. Hamlin's fight for life is, the one, is one of the most captivating stories in America just now. We've talked about this too. He says this morning, both the Wall Street Journal and New York Times featured multiple cover, cover stories about Hamlin, the NFL's medical policies, and the indefinite suspension of the game. Social media is bursting with hot takes, opinions, commentary, speculation, and burning conflict. And it's interesting. I made a, I made a Facebook post, um, I think, the next day that all the media coverage seems to have stopped, and it pretty much did. Well, now it's back. And social media is back, too. It's like they all got their stories together and then came back on the news. That's probably what I think happened with the mainstream news. Social media, I don't know what happened with social media. I never stopped talking about it. 
Back to the article. He says, since there's no substantive news about Hamlin, I'm going to try and round up the best comments and add something new to the discussion. He says, first, one of the hottest debates is over whether it is morally proper to speculate on the cause of Hamlin's injury while he is clinging to life. And that's the argument that uh, Bill Fecky and I got into. I said, absolutely. It's critical. It's, uh, you know, that we, do, that we do this because we need to stop this happening again. We need to stop more people from getting the jab or at least get them informed. And he's like, no, you don't know the evidence. You don't know. You don't, you're not the heart surgeon. You're not there. You don't have the diagnosis. And, you, and you, you know, basically, you don't have the facts to, to make that kind of opinion. And I thought, okay, that's a valid argument. I disagree, but it was valid. All right. So then the article says the best argument against talking about this case right now is that it's all hot takes. Nobody knows anything for sure. Presumably, we'll have more and better information soon. So all the current speculation can do is make his relatives feel even worse. Then he says that's a decent argument, and it would carry a lot more weight if the least moral people in the media weren't the ones making that argument. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, He says beyond that, Hamlin's injuries sit squarely on the epicenter of the most significant emotional and life-changing experience the entire country has ever endured in their lifetimes over a three-year period. In other words, the, the COVID vax, you know, mandate uh, oppression, Marxist takeover of our health system. He says, you can expect us not to talk about it. Hmm. Three more points. He says, you can't, I'm oh, sorry, I misspoke. He says, you can't expect us not to talk about it. And that's, that's my argument. I agree with him absolutely. It is a moral imperative that we get the word out because this information has been so suppressed and all the evidence, you know, puts towards a vaccine related heart attack. That's my reading of it all. Then he says, you can't expect us not to talk about it. Then he says, three more points. The event itself was public, not private. I made that point too. It happened on live television before 13 million viewers. Uh, Folks, that's a lot of collective memory, okay? This is also, many people suspect a crime had been committed. I do too, which considerably changes the calculus. And he says, finally, Hamlin's condition could potentially inform a lot of other jabbed people who are highly interested and cannot reasonably be expected to wait quietly and patiently for official answers. Yeah, because the, the official ones are, you know, the vaccine is safe and effective. It's, well, we know from years and years of talking about this, it's not a vaccine, it's not safe, and it certainly isn't effective. Anyway, so he says, this is Jeff Childers, says the better argument is, in my view, that it is moral and necessary to discuss the situation until and unless better information is provided. And it's happening anyway. I would advise Hamlin's family to stay off social media during this difficult time. He says, next up is the debate about the mechanism of Hamlin's inquiry, injury. Excuse me. Without even examining Hamlin, establishment experts have already concluded that it is most likely that Hamlin's heart stopped from a blunt force injury called commodial cordis, an ultra-rare event that happens when a focused impact hits the chest wall at exactly the right angle and at just the right time in the heart's rhythmic cycle to stop the heart. And anybody want to figure the odds against that? You know, um, you know how many millions to one? Pianki, yeah, you want to interrupt? Yeah, I'm just interrupt. Well, you want to you make a point here? Crap. Go ahead. That's a bunch of crap. Heart beats 72 times a minute. So this okay. means that it's beating more than one time per second. So that one at the right time, you can kick that out the window. If you're talking about blunt force, well, let's, well, let's do this. Let's eliminate contact sports in high schools. Right. You know, it's interesting you say that. It's, um, well, hold on, hold on. Let me let me take that point because it's, it's a good point. Because Brandon is going about the country now saying that football is unsafe. 
while it was safe before this happened. So in other words, it's like they're trying to stop football before another player gets a vaccine-related heart attack. Now I Well, it comes up from time to time, just as it was in boxing uh, mm-hmm. back in, I guess, in the 80s. It was a move to stop uh, boxing, especially mm-hmm. with young people. Right. So, yeah, let's stop. Let, let's stop context football in, uh, until they get into college where they grow. Well, I've talked about that. Uh, NFL, I, I, NFL like that because uh-huh. what they're doing, they are getting away with using, what do you want to call it, uh, breathing grounds, basically. That's what they mm-hmm. are. They're breathing grounds, and they are breeding through skills and practice and that. Uh, the best players, which amounts to about 1.6%, that make it to the NFL. Okay. No, that makes sense. Uh, in fact, I've never favored football for kids because the bones aren't developed enough for it. You know, there's so many sports that kids can play. Uh, or if you're going to do it, you know, flag football, football, something else like that. But, but full contact tackle football is crazy for kids. You know, you should be at least 18. Yeah, uh-huh. uh, Hammond would have been covered under work comp. Well, maybe insurance companies need to raise uh, the the rate for football players. Well, no, no, no. What they need to raise the rate for is anybody who's been given the jab, anybody who is vaccine injured, you know, and potentially could have a heart attack. So that's a really great question because I don't know what the insurance rates are. Are they charging differential rates? I bet you they can't because the government won't let them. But I'd be very curious. Well, insurance no, companies, yeah, wait a minute. Let me see. Yeah, there's no, what, different rates for certain activities. Okay. But, uh, but not activities. I'm talking modifiers. about certain. So, so to me, if you mm-hmm. have the jab, that is a medical condition that sets you apart from other people. That is an injury. As far as I'm concerned, I treat it as an injury. So if you've been vaccine injured, you're in a separate group. Just like, you know, we don't have epileptics driving cars. Because if you get a seizure on the road, you're going to kill yourself and a bunch of other people. There you go. That. Also, let's raise the rate on those who've been vaccinated. Let's raise the automobile insurance. Oh, I think it's well. That's actually not a bad idea. But I don't. But then I have to get into the, the I get into the medical discrimination aspect of it, and they start raising rates for people who wear glasses. You know, so, so now you got one more thing. To, yeah, you got one more thing to worry about when you're driving on a two lane highway. That yeah. car oh, yeah, yeah. you. Is that a yeah, jab? Like to, is that a jabber? <laughs> yeah, the other thing is exactly how about your airline pilots? You know, do you want you know this? Remember when I used to talk about anybody who has flight experience should declare that you know to the flight to the cabin crew when you board an, airplane, an airliner. Say, yeah, I got flight experience just in case. Well, just telling you, just in case. You know, I mean, but anyway. And there was when they okay, make it, pilots get get the jab. Was that was that going on too? Well, pilots were made to get it. In fact, we we talked about that Southwest. I did the show on that where the Southwest pilots. You know, they're still they're still jabbing their their recruits, their their new pilots. They're still making them get it, which is crazy. Anyway, let me get back. To, we're we're out yeah. of time, but I want, so I want to kind of sum this up a little bit. But what, the point that you made earlier about uh, you know between the heartbeats and things like that, you actually made the argument for this that this can't happen. It is so rare because if it, if it's an ultra, this is what Jeff Shoulder says. Now he's not a, a medical doctor, but he works with them all the time. So he says an ultra rare. This is commodio cordis is an ultra rare event that happens when a focused impact hits the chest wall at exactly the right angle at just the right time in the heart's rhythmic cycle to stop the heart. That sounds to me like something that's almost impossible. Not impossible, but almost impossible. It is, the conditions have to be just right for this to happen. So the fact that they're blaming this on this, uh, you know, it's like, remember the movie um, 
uh, Black Widow with uh, Deborah Winger. And uh, she was, all these, all these rich guys were dying. And nobody looked at it. And they, this is Undine's curse. It's some extremely rare heart condition. Like three, they said the three guys died of Undine's curse within six months. And they all happened to be rich, right? And then she traced it down to a female murderer. But the, the FBI was like, well, this could happen. Well, yeah. I mean, this, they're, they're putting forward this theory. I've seen this happen before, too, in different situations. I can't think of one offhand. But they'll, they'll do that. They'll say, well, this is, this is this incredibly rare condition. Well, wait till it happens to the next person. So let me just finish the article. Then we're, we're going to be going here in just a little bit. But it says, in 100 years of NFL play, no one has ever died on the field of Commodio Cordis. That's how rare it is. Here are two explainers. If you want to see the article, go to the Action Radio group uh, page on Facebook. That's, I posted there, so you'll find it. And it's got a little kid wearing a football helmet and it, or, or, or a man represent, or actually it's a baseball thing because you see him holding a baseball bat uh, and it explains how this works, okay? Now, the, the weird thing about this, and this is why I post those films, you know, of the actual, of, of the videos of, of the, the end, there's no hit in the tackle. There is no hit to the chest. There is no crash of helmet on, on the body. It's a grab. He grabs in fact, the, the DeMar is the one that did the tackling. He grabs the, uh, the, the person with the ball and, and wrestles him to the ground in a very typical normal tackle. There's no hit. So the idea of it, so this whole fit is, is hit is part of the spin to make you believe something that isn't there. That's why I post the original films. Most of the films I find now are being edited. They edit out the, the tackle because they don't want to show you that there's no hit. Pianchi, do you, let me get your opinion on that. Have you noticed that, that the videos are changing? Well, the yellow flag drone. Uh, I don't think so. Well, then it was, then it was legal. Well, it's definitely legal. I mean, I've never heard anybody say anything. But that's a good question, though. I've never heard that you know whether there's a penalty on the play. When you tap, no, it, you can't like... lead. You, you can't lead mm-hmm. with your helmet when you tap. Well, he if but you he do didn't. Illegal. He grabbed him. He, you can well, see him reaching out, grabbing the guy, wrestling to the ground in a very typical, very normal tackle. Absolutely. Yeah, you're yeah. right. Well, let me let me get to, you know, to the, the other thing that me off. Uh, what's that? Is that they try to cover things up? It's something up with these with these with these vaccinations, and I can't just believe it's so many people going along with this. Hey, the first the first red right flag flag should have been that they are exempt from liability. That should have told you something. Oh, that told me everything. <laughs> that told but you me. know what, Greg? That's why I wrote you the know bill. what, Greg? What? what the, whatever it is with this vaccination, it takes time for it to develop to the point of where it's fatal, it's lethal. And the further and further we get off to the, it seems like to me now, the further we get away from the time that they took it as it goes on down the line, the things have an uh, opportunity, whatever it is with the vaccine, to get to that point where it can cause the damage or the damage finally wears through, you may yep. see a game where you have two or three players laying on the ground. Well, it's possible because Wouldn't they're, be they're using their heart. If you have a swollen heart and you're engaged in intense physical activity, like a professional NFL game, you're much more likely to have that happen during the game, during the highest point of, of stress and, uh, uh, and exertion. That's what it's I'm talking about. Yeah, no, I agree with you. Yeah. No, it's, it's, well, longer your heart is enlarged, you wearing things. It's, you putting wear and tear on it, so finally it just give out. Yeah. See, that's that's why I underwent heart surgery, you know, for a mitral valve. And what and the, the reason that they said that I had to have that valve trimmed and <clears throat> excuse, 
No, I'm not dropping dead right now. <laughs> anyway, but the reason that uh, I had the, the surgery was so that I wouldn't have myocarditis. I wouldn't get a swollen heart. I wouldn't go through all these problems and have a catastrophic heart failure, you know, within five years. That's why I got the surgery. So they trimmed my valve, you know, made it the right shape. It worked normally. I uh, got rid of my heart murmur, and I'm fine. But that was done specifically so I wouldn't suffer this exact thing. And so anybody that has a mitral well, valve you really prolapse, that's what it's you really want to throw some fun in the game? Oh, let's well, do let's collect data on how many black athletes have died compared to anybody else. Now you're throwing some fun into the game. Can you you want to look that up for me? Do you want to, I'm serious. You want to look that up know, and present it? You don't know how you would even. I don't. I don't know how you would even find out. And well, do it by nation. They did. Do it by nation. Uh-huh. Look it up by nation. Look they, uh, look it up by soccer. Look it up by uh, cricket. Look it up by world sports. Look it up by Olympic athletes. Look it up by uh, any category that you can. And if the athletes are from, like you said, in Nigeria, we just spoke about, there's a good chance they're black. If the athletes are from, depending on the sport, you know, we have certain, uh, it's like white guys swim and black guys play basketball. And I can't tell you why. Yeah. And I, you know, I'll try but, to uh, do it too. I'll come up with. Yeah, let's see what you come up with. I'd be interested to find out. But um, mm-hmm. part of the reason I'm doing this is, is because Bill really brought the, the argument up um, that, uh, you know, so he, he, some, some of the mainstream arguments that are being made. And I found this, I, I, just, I just didn't buy them. And so this is why this is such a great source. And the source that, uh, so that I was quoting. why does nobody want to admit to the truth, Greg? Why is it so many don't want to admit the, Ooh, that's a good the, question. the possibility? Well, there's yeah, those we, that can, are we can run with Bigfoot stories and Loch Ness Monster, but not mm-hmm. this. You know, it's funny. Uh, that's a great question. People believe what they want to believe. You know, my, my, one of my standard sayings, that assumptions are stronger than truth. You know, people believe what they believe or what they think they know is stronger than the actual truth. If I show people in the Constitution that it says Supreme Court judges, it's like, no, they're justices. No, look right here, Article 3. It says Supreme Court judges. You know, they'll look at evidence right in their face, but they don't believe it because their assumption of what they think they know is that they're called justices. That's only one example in the Supreme Court. Uh, people, the people say, uh, you know, anybody that says that the vaccine is safe and effective is wrong on several counts. One, it's not a vaccine. Two, it's not safe. And three, it's not effective. So why people want to believe it? Fear. I don't know. You've got, you've got the liars and you've got, the, let's break it up into uh, perpetrator and victim. So the perpetrators of this are Dr. Fascist, the, the health folks, big pharma, the investors, big tech, the regulators, the hospitals, anybody that's making money off this. Those are the perpetrators, okay? The victims, any doctor that wants to keep their accreditation, uh, shouldn't do it. This is still wrong. I mean, it, you know, they should be defying it. But anybody that um, wants to go along, anybody that wants to keep their job, anybody that has a, some unreasonable restriction and they think they have to take the jab to keep whatever, usually a job, those are the victims. Now, how many of them believe it? I don't well, know. Well, the only other way I, I think of is that if we could ever switch courts, where switch the course of an athlete to a regular person, mm-hmm. and the doctor that's doing the courts on the athlete think it's a regular person, they may come up and report it. Yeah, this vaccine killed this person. Well, I mean, what I would do is look for blood clots. I mean, the, the MRIs, how they can scan for blood clots. That's the first thing. See, they haven't mentioned blood clots because that relates to – they haven't mentioned anything that could trace back to the jab. So they don't talk about blood clots. They don't talk about spike proteins. They don't talk about uh, the jab itself, that everybody got it. You know, in fact, I look at those articles. Do you see all those articles I post on my page? Uh, in fact, I post most of them on the Action Radio group page, that uh, the NFL – 
initially didn't want to enforce the jab, and then they mandated it. Then they fined players $14,500 for not getting it, and then they went through all these gyrations, and it was like two-thirds of, uh, of the NFL, because they're only there for three years usually, uh, have got the jab. Now, here's the real question. What are the NFL players thinking who got the jab, who maybe didn't want the jab, I bet they're feeling betrayed. How many of them are going to get out of football and say, well, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to risk dying in a tackle. Let's see who comes back next season. See, are we, we're in playoffs now, right? We're, we're in playoffs in the football season? Uh, I don't know. What, the uh, Super Bowl? I don't know. I think so, yeah. Well, we've got – I think we're in playoffs. Okay, the Super Bowl is going to be in, in you know, uh, two to four weeks, whatever it is. But the point is most of the players are not playing right now. Most of the, if we're in playoffs, most of the NFL is like off for, you know, this is the off season, and so spring training or summer training or whatever they do, probably spring training. Let's see who comes oh, back. Oh boy, that would be a lot of revenue loss, wouldn't it? If they say the hell with this, I'm going to yeah and get me a nine to five. Yeah, how many how many players are saying how many players are rushing to their doctors right now, saying check me for a swollen heart, check me for vaccine injury. And there's ways to get around it. Dr. Judy Mikovits talked about it. You go to therealdrjudy.com, therealdrjudy.com, and she has a bunch of vaccine recovery things, a bunch of treatments. So you can reverse a lot. I got a nephew. Mm-hmm. I got a nephew that was a national high school recruit playing for Mizzou. I'm going to ask his uncle, did he take the shot? If he did, then get him to therealdrjudy.com immediately and start him on a vaccine recovery program. Now, that's the thing that Judy told us that I found I've told everybody I know that got the jab. You need to get, you know, this website, you need to get into vaccine recovery so that you don't have these problems. And I, you can't guarantee it, but you can certainly greatly reduce the chances. Let me do a couple more points in this mm-hmm. article and we'll be, uh, we'll be done. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, this point I think is fascinating. In a hundred years of play, no one has ever died of this commodio cortis that they're, they're pushing right now. That's how rare it is. And he says, here are two experts predating the current debate. And he goes through a little uh, stuff there in the article. He says, I find this theory laughable. The same experts pushing the cardiocorpus hypothesis are the same ones who dismissed myocarditis deaths as, quote, ultra rare, and were the first ones to bark no evidence at any jab injury hypothesis. So I'm, I'm, I'm of the jab injury hypothesis. And they, oh, there's no evidence of that. Bill said the same thing. There's no evidence of the vaccine. Oh, well, let's look into it a little more. And then I quoted Peter McCullough. So, so Jeff Chillers says the same thing. He says, Dr. Peter McCullough, a top cardiac specialist, initially considered the possibility, that's, that's Concordio, Meyer, whatever it's called. He says, but after he examined the film, ruled out commodio cortis. There we go. The injury is always caused, caused by a small, hard trauma, such as from a baseball, a hockey puck, or a fist. In other words, the, the five-finger death punch, right? It is almost always seen in young people or folks without protective and when it does happen, it immediately stops the heart. But here, Hamlin was tackled from the, was tackled from the side. Actually, he, ta- he did the tackle from the side. He says, so I'm going to just modify it. But Hamlin was, was tackled from the side, not the front. No small blunt force is in evidence. The argument would be if it was a shoulder, but that is not seen in the film. Most significantly, before Hamlin collapsed, he stood up and took several steps, which would have been nearly impossible for someone with a stopped heart to do. Finally, the commodio cortis hypothesis cannot explain why it was not quickly restarted by CPR or defibrillation or why he remains in a coma. So there you go. That's basically it. 
the evidence isn't there for for Commodio Cordis. The, He's the, not going to play theory. football ever again. The sad thing about that, the family was, you know, hoping that he would because uh, oh, he'll be lucky to watch again. He'll be lucky if he doesn't have brain damage. He'll be very lucky Nine if he minutes. walks again and doesn't. Hard yeah. stop. Yep. That's a long time. Isn't it? Nine minutes. That's. Um, Guaranteed to have brain damage. I think ten minutes is the, is the limit. If your if your heart stops for ten minutes, it's guaranteed brain damage. So let's 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 continue. On. We're almost done with the article. He says what the pro jab experts want to say. That's the doctor fascist, but can't is that the NFL's medical team messed up. They made him resuscitation and further injured him somehow. That would massively defame the medical team, which is one reason why the so-called experts don't want to have that debate right now. He says, do you see the sad irony? The same experts who leaned into, quote, ultra-rare to dismiss jab injuries are now embracing the ultra-rare theory to explain away the more likely possibility. Hypocrites is too mild a word. Using a lawyer's analysis, I've con- this is Jeff Schilder talking, using a lawyer's analysis, I've concluded vaccines are literally much more likely to have been the cause of injury for studies first. Even criminal Pfizer, Deep State Moderna, and the captured FDA were all reluctantly forced to concede that myocarditis, heart inflammation and damage, is a known side effect of the jabs. It is the, it is the most commonly known side effect. So there you go. Let me say that again. The most common side effect of getting a COVID vaccine is myocarditis, heart inflammation and damage. Then he says, second, who does the jab induce myocarditis most often affect? Why? Young men, just like Damar Hamlin. Study after study after study, and this is true, there's, there's tons of them out there. Study after study after study confirms this. Young men like Hamlin are most at risk of this injury. Very recently, Florida completed its own study with findings consistent with all the other, new, all the other ones. Yeah, I'm still trying to get Dr. Latipo on the, on the show, and I'll be working on that again. Um, but I want to get more vaccine product liability bill. But what's key about this is that um, Florida doesn't recommend um, vaccines for, for men from like 18 to 49. So don't get it. It's not recommended for you. That's fascinating. Well, what about this surgeon general for Florida? What did he say? That's Dr. Latipo. That's the person I'm trying to get on the show. I'll let you know. When okay. we get him on, we'll ask him. Yeah, yeah, I'm still working on that. He's a great, so, guy. He's a great guy. Why do you think I want him on the show? Anyway, so... Just a few little paragraphs left and we're done. It says, finally, regular readers are already aware of the recent worldwide epidemic of athletes dropping during play, just like Hamlin did. You've seen the videos. In the majority of those other cases, no trauma was involved. I'm not saying it proves something, but the other identical-seeming cases should give doctors the hint. Maybe it's a clue of some kind. <laughs> you never know. So on one hand, you have this ultra-rare type of injury that's never happened before in 100 years of NFL play, which doesn't fit well with the facts and requires special pleading to explain inconvenient facts, like how Hamlet stood after the hit was hard to revive and why he recoded at the hospital, why he was unable to recode means his heart stopped again, right? Recoded at the hospital, why he was unable to breathe on his own, or how his chest pads didn't sufficiently diffuse any trauma, ruling out the type of focus strike needed. Yeah, no one's even talked about the padding at all. Then he says, in the last paragraph, on the other hand, you have the most common jab injury in the most common age cohort in a fully and recently jabbed individual. Yeah, he had a, a week before. At this point, any doctor who prefers commodio cordis than a triggered jab injury is a doctor that can't do math and has no business diagnosing anybody. 
there you go. Uh, there's more to the article, but I'm just going to hold it here. We can pick it up tomorrow maybe. But, uh, yeah, uh, all the evidence, you know, to, uh, to a vaccine injury. This is a vax attack. I don't have any other conclusion uh, unless they can prove otherwise. You know, I think uh, this is pretty well established. And this isn't the last one. This is only the first one. And because it was on national TV, uh, that's going to make all the difference. Pianchi, well, like I word? say, uh, yep. the next game we watch, and if you have three or four players laying flat on this, the back on the field, then it, <laughs> I hate to see the panic that that's going to cause. Well, watch how many players are fired into this or let go after medical checks. Any of those players that got the jab and has an enlarged heart, any signs of myocarditis, they're not coming back next year because they don't want the liability. That's a good point. Yeah. That's a good point. Watch. The, this is why I need a sports person. I need a sports person this stuff. All right. Thank you, sir. Let's do it again tomorrow. Thank you. So, all right. So tomorrow's Friday. So we start a little bit earlier at 6 a.m. Uh, 6 a.m. Central, 7 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Central. Uh, and we do that because that's how I can get my reporters in. And so Shirley, uh, watch what's going to be here. Derek Park uh, is going to not, I'll, I'll tell you tomorrow. <laughs> because, you know, stuff happens. Uh, other than that, I'll find some more stuff for you to talk about. We'll kind of sum up the week. I've got a bunch of other articles. And I'm going to start my, uh, I'm sort of starting a new tradition this week to play a little bit of music uh, at the end of uh, of the show, just kind of send you on your way with something classical and something fun. So our website here, blogstockradio.com slash citizen action. Our legislative website, writeyourlaws.com, W-R-I-T-E, O-U-R-L-A-W-S. If you want to support the show and help us do what we do best and uh, increase our, our marketing and reach you know, millions of individuals, give go.com slash action radio. That's give, send, go. It's all one word. I'm just saying it slowly. Give, send, go dot com slash action radio and that'll get us going and then we'll see you all tomorrow morning sam mm-hmm.